Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, September 17th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part three of the three part Chepe Space Children of the Atom. Let's take a listen. I'm actually quite enjoying this because it's not very often that Bruce talks about his children. Um, so appreciate that. I mean, I can tell that's uh, something important to you. And I believe oh. in homeschooling. I was homeschooled for many years and a lot of people they don't believe me when I say I was I graduated when I was 14 but I was homeschooled for my younger years then went to public school and fucking that shit was so stupid to me I was just testing out of everything and they thought I was a genius and it's like no you guys just learned stupid shit and at the pace of this of the school to where if it was at your own pace you know you guys would be just as fucking smart as me or at the level, not even as smart as me, just at the level on that. Um, yeah. I fucking hate public schools. Yeah. So I think there's always this kind of weird irony, right? So in school, we say we get an education, but after we graduate, are we really prepared for life? Like, are we educated for life or are we educated uh, information that we can't really use? Um, and, and when I was at university, I always observed these things that were very fascinating. So at my university was this, this entrepreneurial and business school. Um, and lots of kids, uh, well, not kids, adults at that age, did university degrees on entrepreneurship. And there was this interesting thing I noticed that after they graduated, almost none of them started a business. So they learned all this theory uh, and books and textbooks and talked to these entrepreneurship professors, which is really fucking like a silly concept, because if they were really entrepreneurs, they wouldn't be fucking professors. They would have started businesses. Um, and at the same time, anyone I knew who went into business either did it without any degree at all or did it with a random degree. Um, so it's like, hang on a minute. Have you, ha why have you done a degree to learn that level of resourcefulness when you're not even going to use it? And, and how did all these other people go straight into business straight away without any qualifications and do it fine. So it's like, mm, hang on a minute, what are we actually doing here? And also, what do you actually learn at university compared to what you need for life? There's a huge amount which you'll never learn at university or college. You have to learn it through experience. You have to learn it through hustling, through moving forward, through starting projects and trying to carry them through and execute them. Um, a lot of this stuff is just, it can't be learned in the conventional education system, or if it can, it's in these very rare and fortunate schools that just aren't commonplace at all. So with my children, it's like, what I really want to teach them is this, I've thought about this before. I think it's the quality of resourcefulness. I want to teach them to have an idea, to have an idea clearly in their mind, whatever that is, like it can be um, you know, making some kind of engine or some kind of device or 
you know, um, maybe categorizing all the, the butterflies in the local area. It can be absolutely anything or building a tree house or whatever they want to do to have an idea in their mind and to bring it from the imagination into reality. All of the steps they need to go through to get there, but not only the steps, but also the inward belief to be able to do it. Right. So it's not just about like, are you capable? Because a lot of people are capable, but, but also, can you believe that it's a possible thing? To give my kids that level of inner belief where they believe they can take any idea and make it a reality, that, that's what I feel is, is truly an education. Because if they have that, if they have that capacity to, to manifest projects into the real, from imagination into the real, then they can do anything. Then, then any idea they have in future, any business, any whatever, they can get it done. And, and for me, it's like they must repeat this again and again and again from a young age. That's why um, my daughter is doing the butterflies and my son's doing the buildings and things. And I'd like to see their, their childhoods as just this evolution of project-based ideas. Yeah, um, but that's where the... You're, you're, sorry, you're doing static. Um, I'd like to see my children as doing this evolution of project-based ideas, more complex um, and more interesting and, and following their curiosity more and more with time. And I think that, for me, is a good childhood. But isn't... See, that's where the problem comes in, like what Dana was saying earlier, is you'll hear... Teachers tell you, oh, you can be whatever you want to be, you know, so it kind of makes you think about that imagination. But what they actually teach you is something else. You know, the schools, they just teach literally what schools teach you is, okay, study hard, get good grades, go to college, you know, get a degree in this job so that you can go work for this company. And that's what they teach you. They teach you to pretty much be slaves. They don't teach you how to actually build your own company, you know, how to expand and be an entrepreneur and teach you how business actually works in the real world. They just teach you enough math to where you can go work for somebody and calculate shit for them that's going to make them money. Um, and like you said, you know, whenever you go to... Actually, uh, I'll, I'll kind of uh, correct you a little bit there. Uh, most people can't work for me. It doesn't matter where you've gone to school. So that's another slight problem. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, but you're, so you're in a specific field. So of course, you know, a lot of, a lot of those guys, but to be honest, um, there's even, if you go to third world countries and you see some of the doctors there that are, I mean, they're doing surgery and I'm sure you've ran into some of these people. They've never actually went to school. They were self-taught, but also had a mentorship underneath a, a doctor. Um, you know, there used to be doctors back in the day before there was even, you know, schools where you went and got your doctorates. Now, are they as good as doctors as today? No, absolutely not. No, actually, but, there was there was almost uh, no like significant uh, major medical capability back before, like, let's say, prior to about 50, 60 years ago. So there wasn't like they had to learn very much. Because there wasn't right, that but, much to do. Actually. But in school, but in school, yeah. even nowadays in the trades, is I think that most doctors, um, they learn more by, you know, once they get out of school and they're actually, you know, working at a hospital under whatever field they want to, uh, what do they call it? That, that, that is correct, but I, I would say that, like, to go into a, a field like this, uh, you need probably the ability to sit. So one of the most important things that uh, people think, it's like, oh, there's teachers and this and that and have this big conspiracy. Uh, actually, no, it's really just the ability to sit. 
your ability to sit down for somewhere between four to eight hours a day to uh, uh, you know take care of studying what you need to know, the ability to study for let's say twenty four hours straight without stop um, is another sort of like capability. So it's like a type of meditation. The inability to do this, uh, you'll just simply never catch up. You just won't catch up with those people. So it's not a question of teachers and this and that and the other thing. It's not about schools. It's about sort of like a type of person necessary for that kind of nerdy ass activity. Really, like it's as simple as that. Like I think uh, people overthink these things quite a bit and worry about governments and this and that other bullshit. But it's really um, there. There is a certain sort of like innate process, like innate amount of work that uh, I think most people like. For example, like the amount of time that I would study for, say, let's say, for example, one test, um, you know, might eclipse uh, what some people have done for like an entire semester. So like the the amount of work is actually quite substantial and you have to sacrifice your time. You have to sacrifice parts of your life to accomplish that, Um, you know, where we can't play around on the playground during those times or whatever the hell. So, yeah, there is a there is a sacrifice that goes into that. And it's a personal sacrifice. It's not necessarily one that is mandated, let's say, by a school or a parent necessarily. Like, um, yeah, there, there, you just have to have that the will to do certain things. It's almost like if you're creating, let's say, great music. Right. It takes a certain number of hours. It takes a certain number of um, sort of like practice hours to just simply get there. Um, it doesn't really you could have a good teacher and there's nothing wrong with that. You could have a good school. But at some level, like a person must um, have that will to sort of like do this. And like, you know, what personal dedication to it. Yeah, yeah. And not everyone has the same dedication, the same things. That's not what I'm trying to say here. Like the but there is a reality that um, like you want to have your kids kind of explore, kind of do neat things and like, you know, have them sort of like develop that kind of self-discovery. But at the same time, you know, having some formal you know, basics like getting your math and reading and whatever else uh, uh, schools teach you is perfectly fine. Uh, so you have to like, you have to have lots of different ideas outside of school uh, and maybe do the things that they teach you there as well. There's nothing wrong with uh, like most schools, there's nothing really wrong with them. It's like, they're not particularly utilized very well. So it's like the, w- what I hear a lot of in many like circles is just um, this like replacement of intellectual laziness uh, with this idea that somehow, well, like it's the man or the government or some other bullshit that's the problem. And it, oftentimes that's not the case. So just, you know, that's just kind of my take on the, this whole, like this theory. So like, and, you know, having, uh, you know, even teaching people at very high levels, like even when you're teaching very smart people, you have people at different levels of either capability, interest, motivation, you know, the will to do certain amounts of work. And there's certain work I won't do, for example. Um, I just don't have the specific drive for it. Like say, for example, certain types of say medical research or something like that. Like it's just not in my sort of like sort of area that I'm, I'm super interested in that. Right. So there are people that are much, much better at certain things like that than I would be. Um, so, you know, like you have to find your strengths, even in your particular area, your particular little field or whatever. Um, and, uh, it's just like a life of discovery and, uh, that joy, that the kind of the fun of learning new things all, at all times with like, so that's what Bruce saying. Like if you, if you have to go to like college to get an MBA, right. Like someone's going to teach you how to become like a business person, but you don't really have the interest in running a business. Like you don't have that hustle. You don't have that sort of thing. Like, uh, there's, they can't like make you get that by going to a school for it. Right. Um, there are certain things you can be taught and some things that have to be innate, but uh, you just have to go through that life of self-discovery to sort it all out. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that wasn't, I mean, that's kind of the point I was making, but I was just stating like a lot of the actual information that they're teaching in the school isn't, I think that they're leaving out a lot of important things that they should be teaching, um, especially like in the business aspect of it, because they're just teaching you the basics. And in my mind of what they teach you in school is how to pretty much be a follower and just okay yep finish school high school go to college get a degree have a normal job buy a house and do all this shit and be in debt for the rest of your life working a nine to five and then maybe retire and live off you know uh 401k that you had in social security i don't um, know instead of actually school, teaching so, you real business I, I don't know if that's the way it works in america but in africa if you're lucky enough to go to school it's it's basically a gift if you if you understand what i'm saying yeah, in school, uh, I, I don't recall ever being told to go buy a house or going to debt or anything like that. I'm not sure like what schools people are going to exactly. But like, that's what I was gonna say. I think a lot of people not base the premise on on the educational system, and it's just a, it, it's basically like the, the the word in crypto, right? Excuse my language, ladies. I apologize to the fucking moon. It's it's a sentence that's just taken over, and and I think the same thing with 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 the curriculum of, of education today. We've built that stigma, or I would say that that phrase that it's who actually said it that go to school, get a college degree. You know what I mean? Like uh, I keep hearing this, uh, and I I just don't know. Nobody's ever told me that. If you, if you follow, yeah. Me. And just to add, I don't think you can teach entrepreneurship. You either have the innate capabilities, like Sefi said, or you don't. So I don't get this whole business school and not teaching mm, you how to be an entrepreneur. I've told a lot of people, but it took. I've never went to business school. I went to, I was trying to get into med school. That didn't work out. So I have taught people to be entrepreneurs. Like I, I don't, I don't, but that's the thing. I don't think you can teach someone to be an entrepreneur. Well, I've taught, but it depends on, it depends very much on the methods. Um, for me, uh, I'm very aggressive. I'm aggressive. I use violence. I use all these tools. Pantera, hand <laughs> up. No, I'm serious. You can't teach anyone entrepreneurship. Like, it doesn't matter if you thought Jeff Bezos, he would have been an entrepreneur, like regardless if you were there or not. I don't know. Can't I've, teach I've taught to be an entrepreneur. I've taught Zara and I've taught Casey to do different things. Yeah, but that's not really their success. It's not really dependent on you. It's their naked capabilities. I don't know. PhD, I think the, passion, hunger, and me. determined. So, I don't... Sometimes, though, you just need that final push and a bit of motivation. Yeah. Right, but if you're if you don't have that innate capability, it doesn't matter if I motivate you every single day and Tony Robbins comes to your house, you're not going to do anything. Innate intelligence and all these things, it's very. But that's why ninety nine percent of businesses fail, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why isn't everyone an entrepreneur? Well, why isn't everyone a doctor? With with women in particular, um, I've managed to get Katie and Zara and Jade to quite a high level. Like especially Katie, she's she's grown her TikTok account to like a really high level now. I appreciate that. That's awesome. The reason the reason is though is because women love to be praised and they love to please a man. So I've created this kind of dynamic with Katie where where she shows me what she's made for the day, and I'm like, "Well done, Katie. That's beautiful. Like, that's such a creative thing." And I, I agree you, with you. Before I say that, I'm like, get outside before my Russian wife kicks my ass. What? 
I said, I agree with you. Women love to be praised, but let me say this rather outside before my wife kicks my ass. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, so I've created this like praise based relationship with Katie where every day she's working on things, she's making videos, she's going to places and it's all to please me. Like it's all to make me happy. And Zara is doing a similar thing. And so is Jade. And like Katie is a bit further. She's like way ahead of the other two, but like the other two are, are making progress too. And I've realized that, that women have a thing where they have, uh, they have resourcefulness and they have an innate entrepreneurial drive, but you need to interface that. You need to connect that with, with pleasing a man and you need to connect that with giving regular praise and then they can achieve almost anything. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's like the same with um, a pimp and prostitutes, right? Prostitutes won't innately uh, manage to find clients. They need a pimp to manage them. And after that, they can have eight clients a day. I don't know if you're being serious or not, man. I was I was trying to be serious, but I don't know if you're being serious. Um, Sophie, Coach, and Katie, uh, this is a bit of a late conversation. But I haven't really been able to say it. Um, but when uh, Coach was talking about his uh, daughter Sarah, who um hmm. draws butterflies and catalogs them, reminded me of a drawing of a catalog of butterflies I did. So I found this uh, two pixel drawing and I shared it here. And I was just wondering which butterfly you guys are. And um, you can just make one up if you want, because they look uh, a bit grey. I like the blue one on the left. Oh, yeah, that one means you're gay. Yeah. It's like astrology. That was no. the one I was going to say, but I have to choose a different one now. <laughs> this is really good, Zara. The one on the top it. right's pretty nice. Very admirable. Nice, oh, nice contrasting I colors. I saw like a swarm of those um, recently, like a couple weeks ago. So cool. Zara, do you think it's any coincidence that i'm telling these stories and this is what you've done or do you think i have a psychic ability i think the thing is i know who my dad is so that's why i'm confused because i look like him mm. but i'm kind of wondering if you're like an alien who, who's somehow stolen my memories or implanted false memories i don't know i think all information in the consciousness like all, all information in, in the universe all memories, all emotions, all stories about any particular live stream is accessible. Um, so I can just suck everything out. The thing is, I tried to put up like psychic, like guard, like I sort of like I surround my bed with organ eye. I put on healing crystals on each of my chakras. I take uh, like 1.5 grams of penicillin a day for no reason. Mm. Um, sometimes I chip, like I, I wash my hair and I egg yolks and stuff to be like holistic. And I use Isabella's toothpaste. Do you find the yolks have, have maybe reversed your Norwood um, number? <laughs> yeah, it's done a pretty good job because it used to be all the way like a Norwood. It was Norwooding out, to be honest. It, was, it wasn't even on the scale anymore. You had like deep temple vertex um, indentions, indentations and uh, well, I guess you were like a Norwood 3. Where are you now? Um, well, I don't have... It's completely... What's the opposite of receded? A, a juvenile hairline. I have, the, <laughs> I have the hairline of a newborn baby. Oh, yeah, well, that's down to the eyebrows, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just keeps, it's kind of going down a bit too far. It's kind of fucking with the vibe. But um, I don't know. I just thought, you know what? It's winter. I don't need to buy a hat mm. if I have this. Take what I can get. Because that's what life's all about gratefulness. Super cool. I feel like. Uh, been in the space for a long time but it's been a really chaotic uh, vibe 
hasn't been very chilled compared mm. to the previous nights. Well, who who are you most angry at from tonight? Like who who upset you the most? Oh, um, myself, of course, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's good that you take responsibility. I think that's that's something that that Jade and Katie weren't willing to do. Um, I don't know about Dana. Dana, are you willing to take responsibility for your own emotions? Or are you a feminist? Well, maybe she's breastfeeding. Um, I hope so. I hope so too. I hope that her breasts are pumping out um, prolactin. Um, yeah, so true. Uh, my friend had a baby recently and she um, sent me a picture. <laughs> this, is, this is a really cute newborn baby. I don't know if I said this yesterday. And, like, and they sent a picture of her lying with a phone next to her saying, Luna, what are you doing? No. And it's like a phone next to her with loads of pictures of Hitler on it. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. I think it's important to teach your children um, and have your children read all of the great biographies of, of dictators in world history. Yeah, like they need to understand history. It doesn't matter who it is. I mean, it could have been Stalin, it could have been could have been uh, Donald J. Trump, am I right? Um, freaking fascist. <laughs> mm. What's wrong with Stalin? Uh, she's Stal on... She's Stal in... <laughs> my... Never mind, actually. Yeah. When my children were um, four years old and they could read um, the Times newspaper, I had my little son read two books. The two books were The Art of the Sale by Donald Trump, by Donald Trump and also uh, Mein Kampf by Hitler. Um, and I think between yeah. those two books, it's quite a thorough education. It's, it's the, the vision and the hustle. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, I just checked my DMs and <laughs> in the last 20 minutes, Pantera has been sending me continual messages um, with me not replying. Are you guys like actually friends? Because I got the impression that you guys are like, like, uh, like properly friends, not just like he's not just a guy that just comes here, right? Mm, no, I don't really know him. He pops in sometimes. He's a bit weird. But yeah, uh, he's got a little Puma Panther thing going on. He does that. He's a bit like that Jimmy the Otter guy. He's like, oh, I'm a Panther. Like, he comes in. I don't know if you were there, Zara, like one time. He like came in for the first time. He was like, oh, I'm a Panther. I'm going to bite you. I'm jumping from the tree. It was like so fucking weird. Like he kept going on for like 20 minutes too. Like, like, and we'd be like, hang on, who are you? Like, what's your history? Um, are you in crypto? Da, da, da. I was trying to bring him down to reality. He was like, oh, I'm a panther. If you say anything bad about me, I'll jump down from the tree and bite your neck. It was really fucking weird. Like I didn't understand it really. But that's, but like, I don't know. It's one of those people that are like part of the, you, they they come in and out so much that they're like part of the furniture. They have a kind of a coziness to them, right? It's a bit like Jimmy the Otter as well. He always comes mm -hmm. in. And like, oh, I'm in a bath. I'm an otter. Stroke my belly and stuff like that. I don't know. People like doing the role play thing with animals. Like yeah, I said, they're part of the Lundell cult. Yeah, I, th I think so. I haven't figured out if. Uh, oh, Commander John, how are you? Ah, uh, superb. Thank you. Uh, it's nice to hear from you. Yeah, I sort of sobered up a little bit. I was quite pissed earlier. <laughs> oh my god, I'm leaving. Quite pissed. Sorry, I, I won't take up everybody's time tonight. Go ahead. Uh, just a little bit of chat. Sorry, go ahead. 
Hmm. So, so yeah, there. I'm curious, uh, cryptopreneur, uh, what kind of uh, maybe like crypto alpha you have lately? Luxo. Um, what else is there? ApeCoin is I don't know. I wouldn't trust Ape right now. So do you have do you have some strategy? Do you have some method whereby um, we can have really a high rate of success? Uh, like maybe some advice. KT's never like dabbled in crypto right she wants to let's be let's be like, honest this the space is 99 percent scams um and it's 99 percent manipulated um so, so you're either lucky or you're not um so in that context well. right yeah what's in, up? in that context uh like what's your next play how are you gonna how are you gonna beat the odds how are you gonna beat those scammers or whoever right the manipulators like i'm not saying Kate, the scammers. katie's Katie's kind of like listening because she's been dreaming of perhaps dabbling in crypto. She's heard all this stuff about scammers and bullshit, whatever. And she's like, no, ah, these people sound like retards. Uh, like Katie, like, am I right? Like you're, you're pretty concerned that like the entire space is stupid. Mm -hmm, yeah. I'm just not convinced that I want to um, spend money on crypto, but I think I could be talked into it. It's just so far, everyone kind of seems like a freak. So. Mm. I'm not right. like super into it. Right, but Sefi, that was on my point, right? Like in stocks, there's market makers. It's the same thing here, right? I'm not saying they're scammers. I'm just saying. It's... Yeah, I mean, having said all that, like, we, so assuming that you know that there's like, you know, trading and all this shit going on, right? Like yeah. maybe give, give Katie some ideas of like maybe what she should uh, research, what she should investigate. What's your thoughts? Well, I would say fundamentals, but fundamentals in the space right now doesn't mean much. Um, so until the space really grows and like we get real use cases, then fundamentals become key. But right now, I'll just I'll just get to know blockchain research projects, you know, projects that have real use cases like Polygon. Um, Luxo is a good one for fashion that's launching soon. Um, and then yeah, oh, fashion Atos. like give us an idea. Addie's not here. Uh, she's yeah, what is a fashion expert. use case? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, you buy a Chanel bag. Um, you get an NFT. You go to sell your such Chanel bag, um, you can prove it's authentic. Um, or if you're buying a Chanel bag from someone, you scan their like QR code or the tag, and it pulls up everything on a blockchain. Um, so that's they're using that actually for traceability right now. Like VeChain is doing it for a few fashion brands. Um, yeah, that sounds like VeChain. Do you guys want to know something sad? The Chanel, <laughs> the Chanel purse I bought. This past year is my best performing investment out of my entire portfolio. Yeah, I'm not a, surprised. A jumbo black Chanel bag <laughs> for seven thousand dollars, and they raised the prices. It's now you can't buy it uh, for under nine thousand dollars out of all my investments. So wow, that's the same thing. And or I bought a Rolex too, so that one's gone up. But you know, my Luna, my Bitcoin, everything else. So guys, spoil just your women. Just word of caution. Women spoil yourselves. What's that? I would sell Rolex like right now. <laughs> I mean, it's a ladies' Rolex, so I don't think it's got. Oh, okay, okay. It's not the same as a guy, you know, and yeah, I yeah. I like to have it, you know, but okay, I know the guys. Real quick, uh, John, uh, your your microphone, you're getting a lot of feedback and like you have to turn your like speakers down or something. It's like really noisy. Oh, oops, dropped off. Um, yeah, so so Jade, like what, what are you doing in the uh, like fashion collection ideas? Like Addie was doing the same thing. She's kind of like getting 
looking at Birkin bags and Chanel and this and that? Like, like what's, what are your recommendations? Um, well, you know, I, I own a couple of things, not too much. You know, when I was in my 20s, a lot of my girlfriends were buying, you know, all the nice bags and nice shoes. And I thought I was being smart by saving and investing, which, you know, I still think I was. I have bought myself a couple of nice things. The Chanel purse that I buy, I actually did buy it used. You know, and you have to be very careful about buying, you know, a real and authentic bag. So that's why I'm curious, how can they authenticate this purse, right? I don't want to spend five, $6,000 on a Chanel bag only to find out I bought a fake purse. So there is a lot of value. So what Luxo is doing is they have like a tag. It's like a QR code, basically, but it's a physical tag. Um, and their aim is to get manufacturers to put that on the bag, like the tag. Mm-hmm. And then you just like, if you're buying it from someone, you open the app, you scan it. And then if it's authentic, all the information just comes on that Luxo blockchain. And then you see where they I'm bought it from, when they bought it from, how many people they sold it to and all that good stuff. So do they need to have a people scanning? Do they need to have a wallet or they just need a phone camera with, to access yeah, it's, the QR it's like code. a QR code. Yeah, it's like a QR code. So those people wouldn't actually need to have a wallet to connect it. No, 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 no. Oh, interesting. Oh, so that's a huge use case. It can reach a lot of people then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's okay. about a hundred companies that built that three, four, five years ago. Yeah, but it's not on blockchain. On the blockchain. Name me one. Name me one. So we're very close country-wise, so just be careful. What did you Hey, don't threaten my sister, man. I can do what I want. I can do what I want. (laughs) Hey, at least I don't make fun of people from Nigeria. I am Nigerian, idiot. Yeah. yeah. She's literally Nigerian. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the other guy. Also, um... (laughs) <laughs> hmm. so we're going the route of uh so what would you say jade so if i was going to get sort of like uh clean out the mall right like i would go with chanel would i go with uh hermes like what are we talking about here those two will always be good actually if you guys want to know something interesting since i know we're a worldwide audience i said earlier i was just in europe so i was in france and italy it was beautiful um, but what I notice is a lot of things are a lot cheaper. A lot of the designer items are much cheaper in Europe than they are here. Um, so I went to probably every Chanel store when I was in France. And uh, so a lot of the bags are much cheaper than they are in the U.S. Plus you get the tax back. So if anyone is traveling to Europe and you're from the U.S., it actually is much better. So it was always a better trade. Because those goods are made there, so it's a bit cheaper because of the import um, destination charges. Uh, but then also because the euro, when I was there, it was at, I think, parity. Now it went up and down a little bit. It's actually a much better deal. I bought, I think it was a Salvatore Ferragamo belt from my brother for his birthday. Um, that belt was $550 back home plus tax, and I got it there for $400 because um, I didn't have to pay tax as well. So there's a lot of interesting things. Uh, for any of the girls, um, I love so love saying, So you're yeah. saying just hop on a flight to Paris would be basically like- it's an international arbitrage opportunity, and mm-hmm. I think so, uh, yes. Sorry, I was just gonna say, are you not paying duties at the airport? 
So if you don't live in the Europe you and you spend, I think it's over, it was over $300 or $250, you get to claim the VAT tax back and then they reimburse your credit card right when you're there. So the belt that I bought was 450 euros and I got 46 euros back on my credit card because I'm a US citizen. I don't live in Europe, so they don't make me pay the taxes. So in addition to the belt being cheaper there, I also got reimbursed the taxes. So imagine that black Chanel jumbo bag, which is 9,700 euros, including their VAT tax. Had I gone to the airport and bought it, I would have gotten the tax back as well. It would have been even cheaper. Then I bring that back to the States. I keep it, resell it, whatever I want to do with it. Um, you can actually make money that way on certain items. So, Does anyone ever just feel like... Um... All of like the cryptocurrency stuff and uh, investing and trading, like it's all just made up and it's like not real and it's just really stupid and fleeting and you can't really expect to um, uh, live sustainably off it if you're not like really wise and patient, which the vast majority of people aren't. And um, for them, like, and like most people listening to this space will probably like their family probably think they're gay. Zara, Zara. Um, no, nobody thinks Jade is gay because she buys purses. I don't understand. <laughs> I spend what? way more Zara? money on crypto than I do purses, by the way. Yeah, really. I'm, I'm looking to go the other direction, Jade. Like, see, I, I've got all this, like, whatever, grid bot yield and other bullshit, right? I've got to <laughs> diversify into sort of, like, different collectibles and, you know, little things that, uh, you know, maybe, like, get me out of this uh, crypto boondoggle, right? So it's like you can't be doing the same thing so when they say diversify, right, you might be thinking of, let's say, some perfect diamonds or perhaps, uh, I don't know, right? Like you have all these other options. Yeah. Uh, well, recently I've been trying to read up about silver. I don't know much about like commodities, but physical silver has been something that's cool. And I just I think it's nice to have other options because I can wear the bag. It holds value. I wear the Rolex. I will never sell it, right? Because it was an accomplishment to buy it, you know, and if I do ever resell it, then you know, I know I'll have some value in it. And I think the biggest lesson I've learned from the last few months is how important diversification is. I was way too overexposed to the Terra ecosystem. And, um, you know, I wish that, you know, I had, you know, been more exposed or maybe bought myself some things that hold value, you know, in the physical world, but everything is a lesson. And, um, you know, I think, if you spend a little bit more and get nicer items, this is something I didn't learn until I've gotten a bit older. They last longer, they hold their value, and there is a resale market for it. Um, so if you are looking to buy some some nice things, definitely go with a nice designer. Yeah, like I'll to give you an example, Jade. So, um, you know, uh, my son's always right about these things. The kid, you know, he's he's just kind of pretty sharp. So he... He said, hey, dad, look, uh, you should sell all your um, Luna and go buy yourself a, a Porsche GT3 RS. I'm like, I don't need a freaking car or whatever. I'm really speaking my language now. Yeah. So what happened was um, instead of buying the Porsche GT3 RS, um, which basically tripled in value since then. Um, uh, yeah, I rode my Luna down. Right. So, mm. uh, yeah, that didn't it, like he was correct, even though he was being um, completely materialistic, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, so now we don't have fun and, um, uh, we don't have a Porsche GT3 RS, right? So <laughs> it worked out poorly. 
but kind of like what Zara was saying a little bit, you know, how, like how much of it is real? You know, if you're like me, which I imagine we're all pretty similar, we stare at the computer and we're looking at our paper gains, you know, I, I put a bunch of money in, I never actually, you know, I, maybe I bought and sold some things and realized some profits, but I never actually realized profits that much into the real world, you know, so you could have bought in however many Porsches. Um, but if we're not actually enjoying it, I, I think what I enjoyed was kind of, you know, this, like talking on the spaces and the learning and the researching, it was just the whole experience, you know, what do we have to show for it? You know, uh, at least I think, you know, my friend, uh, Parley King, he's the one with the Doquan license plate. Oh, really? I'm sure you, do you remember, we were, we were laughing about this because he, he has the gold G wagon and he posted that video. I have a black one. Oh yeah, I think. Do I you remember back in April he posted it and it got like thirty thousand views? So he bought it off his anchor loan or something. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember it, it like went viral. And so we were saying like at least you know he was able to take out and and cash in some things, you know. But like, what's the point if we don't actually enjoy, you know, the money? Like, what's all the work for? Um, and uh, diversifying and a lot of lessons. I think I'm still learning these lessons you know it's hasn't been quite enough time for me i understand that everyone takes things as they come in a different path but um we can just keep keep in mind the real world assets they follow the same cycles as like stocks and crypto like the gtprs they're down like 100 grand in canada Mm. already so jade i did these kind of like stupid things right i buy like uh i bought like uh adam for example and i and i use the yield to pay for uh the the like one of my kids uh like college and whatnot right so uh like that's just one example of how i diversify out of crypto into buying actual shit right um why is that stupid well i mean you know people say you should buy like lambos and whatever the fuck right so it's like it's uh you know putting the kid through sort of like you know getting into like some you know nice undergrad and then you know headed off to like you know uh do his dreams as like neurosurgeon or whatever the hell he's going to do uh you know the thing is like it's it seems like a good diversification away from crypto to maybe pay for some education with it or something i think that's wonderful and to be able to do for others and provide for your family you know that's a gift Sefi. yeah Sefi. Sefi. first um, one of the women in this chat, I won't name them, has sent me a variety of naked photos and videos, but they say they've, they've sent it to my Bruce account. So I'm going to have to switch out of this space uh, so I can log into my Bruce account and see those naked photos. And then one of two things will happen. Either the photos are really fucking bad, in which case I'll rejoin this space as Bruce, um, or they're really good, in which case you'll never see me again. So I want to say uh, goodbye. Um, if you never see me again, and uh, I'll be back in two minutes if you will see me again. It's powerful. I'm very confused, but sure. What's confusing there, Sefi? Let's maybe clear that up. Picture's good, you come back. Picture's bad, you don't? The opposite, Sefi. If the picture's really good, that's going to consume a lot of time, and I might need to send pictures back myself, and then there's kind of a an escalation of sexuality and, and I don't know, cyber oh, okay, and okay. sexting and role plays and erotic role plays and stuff. And, you know, like a, a fantasy where we're both forest animals and, and I'm like the badger pursuing the ferret in the forest. You know what I mean? And it gets like kinky and stuff. Um, I know what you mean. But if it's bad, then I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to come back. <laughs>
Okay, cool. Uh, Katie, what do you think about this like diversification into purses idea? It seems to be really effective. I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't have thought so, but it seems to be uh, a lot more popular than uh, I would have imagined. I, I, I heard purses. Go ahead, Zara. Honestly, I didn't even know what I was going to say. I was just going to say something because I didn't realize I needed to. Sorry. No, I was saying like the, the diversification to purses, Katie. Is that is this something I should get into? Yeah, why not? I'd say so. What what's your favorite purse? Um, like, do you have a favorite handbag that you have, Sefi? Uh, no, not yet. But it's like it's it's like a hobby I could get into, right? Like if it's like some sort of investment thesis or whatever. Because if cryptopreneur can get fast cars, right? Like I could get uh, maybe it's a lot easier to store like an expensive small thing, right? Uh, it seems like why would I want to have this huge thing when I can maybe buy like a diamond and put it in my pocket or something? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Sefi, what if I told you you can drive a G-Wagon for one year and then sell it back for more than what you paid for it? I'm going to go to sleep now. So good night to Katie and Sefi and Jade and mm -hmm. anyone else listening who considers themselves my friend. Um, because I consider you that my friend too. If you know, like if we're friends, we're friends, and that's beautiful. So good night. I'm gonna go to sleep too. Yeah. Zara and I are having a sleepover, so we're both gonna go to sleep. It's really Love cool. You actually. All. See you, girls. Bon nuit. Yeah, cryptopreneur. So you're saying like, what? I should buy a a, a wagon and then like sell it back later? No, I'm just saying if you enjoy like cars do you like cars are you a car uh, guy? okay yeah they're okay yeah so like there's certain cars where you just buy them and like you barely lose money on them or you actually make money on them and the g-wagon is a great example so uh so you've done this before or yeah, yeah I, I have a black uh, theory 20, so i bought my 2021 g-wagon for well, I ordered it, so it was like two fifty Canadian, like MSRP, and I actually sold it for three twenty at the peak, and I just bought myself another one. So I basically drove it for free, made sixty grand, and then have another one too. So, oh, so you said sort of played the 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 car market a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't like. And like your son said, the GT three RS. That's another perfect example. You'll probably lose like no money if you buy that. Yeah, I noticed that it's it's not bad. Yeah, there's this like uh, they they always call me to buy this and that and the other thing, and I'm on some <laughs> list or some shit, right? But like, yeah, because you're a doctor, know. right? <laughs> I've got to like I've got to like you know, uh, like I only have like so many garage bays and shit. Like I'm not gonna park these things outside, right? No, so for sure. The thing is like, what what I want to like have like a thing to store all these things. It just gets a little bit ridiculous, so. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't really follow that sort of arena too much, right? Like, mm. I tend to go the maybe like the vehicle as utility route, maybe. Oh, okay, I see. That's fair. Yeah, I spend kind of ridiculous money on other things, though, so it just depends. Yeah, it's kind of subjective. Like, I'd rather live in a Lamborghini than live in a nice house, so that's just me. Yeah, I'm kind of the other way around. So, like, you know, <laughs> we design houses and kind of, like, make cool shit and then i like to live in them that's awesome
yeah, it's kind of a like, yeah, it's a different type of waste of money, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, it, uh, you know, the like uh, property went up in value too. So that wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, entrepreneur, do you own the car in your photo? Uh, that's my dream car. That's a very rare Ferrari. What, what kind of Ferrari is it? It's a 488 Pista. Why is it your dream car? Because it's just, oh my God, you should see the looks in person. That was just like, it just, it, the, the look speaks to you. It just looks so good. And it's, a, it's, a, it's hard to find. It's like, there's not a lot yeah, made. It's, like, it's interesting. My son's roommate actually is, um, his, his family is uh, the people that own like McLaren Racing. You know who they are? Sure. In the UK. The British guys. Yeah. 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 So, and uh, I've actually sat down too with like the Williams racing team at some point. Like, uh, they got kind of, I don't know. Don't ask me why. But like, anyway, it was an interesting (laughs) kind of visit. I'm not really a big, like, like racing dude or whatever. But like, uh, yeah, the the McLaren people asked me to kind of like, you know, see if it'd be kind of fun to kind of like come out and hang out with them when they're in like Miami or some shit for a race or Austin. But um, so far, I haven't like taken their offer or whatever to come hang out and watch the race. But I will take be. their offer, Sophie, yeah, if you, you don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be pretty, yeah, it'd be pretty, pretty freaking fun. Uh, I just like don't have a lot of time, so it's like mm. making time to like you know go here and there to go and like watch just a race or whatever. Is uh, yeah, it should be it should be like a really good experience though. But like uh, it's so funny because like uh, my son's like you, uh, uh, he's kind of like more into the like more aggressively into the car scene in the sense that like he actually wants to uh like i I liked him too when i was a kid and everything but like i wasn't i never really bothered too much trying to own anything really fancy Mm. but um but uh he kind of like it's kind of funny that he's such like a car nerd mclaren's his favorite uh you know uh and he uh wound up being roommates with a family member of the mclaren (laughs) team which is really kind of like a weird, like sort of like bromance or whatever. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, it's a true story. Um, in Atlanta, actually. But anyway. Uh, but actually, the kids from Houston. Uh, the the the. It's like the nephew of one of the owners, I guess, of McLaren. Mm. Something, something like something along those lines. Yeah, interesting. But uh, yeah, like, I've, have you have you ever been to like uh, have you seen any like Pagani's and things like that? No, we don't see that stuff in Canada too much. Actually, uh, so in Canada is when I last saw it. Actually, uh, Pagani. Mm-hmm, yeah, up in uh, Vancouver. Which no, I, they make they make oh in Vancouver, yeah, because all the money launders are there. Uh, <laughs> which side <laughs> of Canada are you on? I'm in Toronto. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I've been to Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they have like uh, yeah, they have some cool little like dealerships and stuff that have yeah, all they, the have dealer, they have a Pagani there. They have a dealership yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and a Bugatti, I think too. Yeah, uh, uh, Toronto is nice. I liked it. Uh, where do you live? Like in the suburbs, downtown, what? Uh, GTA. What it's kind of 30 minutes, 20 minutes from uh, downtown. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've only ever been there as like a tourist or whatever, right? So like just the usual kind of... Downtown, yeah. Hang out downtown. And Canada is amazing. It really, really is. I was invited to speak yeah. as a guest speaker at the Rotman Business School. And that oh, was yeah, probably one of the UFC. biggest highlights of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a good MBA program. Yeah, I, I enjoyed like Montreal. I enjoyed like uh, I've been to Banff, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. That's in Banff and Jasper and Calgary uh, a mm-hmm. couple times. Uh, been to Vancouver and British Columbia a few times. Yeah, it's a lot of, lot of nice areas. Pretty cool. Um, do you get out of the Canada very much? Uh, if it's for business, yeah. But other than that, no, not really. Hmm. Yeah, Jay, do you travel quite a bit? I um, I had it until recently, um, but I was just in San Tropez and Portofino, and it was absolutely fantastic. And I didn't want to come home. Oh yeah, I haven't been. I, I was thinking of doing maybe like uh, a roundabout, uh, maybe Italy, probably this summer. So I'm just kind of like planning that out right now. <laughs> I highly, highly recommend the Portofino, Santa Margarita, Liguri area. The, it was picturesque. It was stunning. Remind um, me where then, which, which side of the country is this on? Um, it's on the Mediterranean. It's just like an hour away from Genoa. I'm. And then the experience that I had, I've seen a lot of people talking about this is I ate and drank whatever I wanted for two weeks and I didn't gain any weight. In fact, I think I even lost a little bit of weight. Um, is it because you were just walking a lot, though? Or is it the, the first the first part of the trip? We were walking a lot. But then when we got to Italy, all we did was lay at the pool or the beach and just drink Aperol spritzes all day. Um, and I, was, <laughs> I mean, chocolate croissants for breakfast, gelato every day, you know, pastas. I mean, really eating and drinking like a, like three glasses of wine with dinner. Um, and then, you know, I guess if you're in medicine, maybe it'll make sense. Like I get migra- migraines when I'm at home and like harp or whatever. None of that when I was there. I had so much energy. I felt amazing, you know, eating like all the bread stuff that I would never allow myself to eat here. And I live in California and I, you know, have to eat kale smoothies and all day long. And then I was there eating whatever I wanted and I didn't put on a single pound, maybe even lost some. It was just a very interesting experience. Like a, like what an olive oil thing or something, or what do you think it was? So I've been kind of going down this rabbit hole of, you know, GMOs and what do they put in our food and, you know, trying to stay away from process and packaged food. It was just such a substantial, um, feeling that I noticed, you know, from when I was gone. And when I came back, I, I felt good. I had a lot of energy. And then I come back, I'm sluggish and have all the same issues. I just, I just know in my, in my gut that there's something that we're eating that's wrong. And I understand being on vacation, there's no, not the stress from being at work or on the computer, things like that. But um, I really want to be more careful about like eating organic and, and GMOs. There's, there's something going on. Uh, I can tell you that just from my experience well yeah i mean like like chicken legs are like the size of like a t-rex right like they're <laughs> it's like re-evolving back into like a, a dinosaur like like pretty sure those goddamn things aren't natural have you ever been to like the the like discount stores like a sam's club or some shit like they, those things are huge it's like what are these like what are they is this like a some sort of like horse or something it's it's pretty big chicken pieces right yeah, everything is modified. And, you know, like I, I try to eat well, you know, I go to Whole Foods and spend my whole paycheck there, all that fun stuff. But still, you know, the way I get the food, like the bread there, right, it lasts a day and ours will last, you know, on our shelf here for a week. You know, it's all the preservatives and all the things. I never looked at labels before. I never really paid attention to what I was eating. I always thought, you know, if I eat a certain amount of calories a day, then I'm doing things right. Um but anyway, it's just, it's really got me thinking um, and paying more attention to what I'm eating because I want to feel good. I want to have that energy and I want to be able to eat and enjoy and, and live life. So that was my travel experience amongst other things. And yeah, Chanel. Cool. Uh, oh, Sabotage. What's up? 
Hey, Sefi, I just wanted to say that you were right about uh, Vancouver. There's definitely a ton of money laundering happening because there's a ton of super fancy sport cars out here. And I even see them, like I'm in Langley, so it's a smaller city, like 30 minutes away from Vancouver. And I see them out here too. And Wait, I just want money to... laundering. Like, what what are they laundering? Like, what what kind of oh like, money or something? What are we talking about? Yeah, so I don't, the, the I don't mean to call them out, but the Chinese in Vancouver they're big for this. Um, so it's, they do a lot of like drug trafficking with like Asian syndicates in China and Thailand and stuff. And then they just that about money. Right, yeah. they laundered their money into uh, um, hotels. So most of the yeah. hotels there, um, it's Chinese owned and like the properties. Yeah, residents and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's the easiest way for them. And for so they're moving. They so they're moving them. sort of like drug money into like I guess uh, in like pouring it through like real estate, basically. retail, uh, like rental businesses. Real estate. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's mostly like commercial real estate. Oh, interesting. So uh, yeah. this is like widely known or some shit. Yeah, but. Yeah. The banks know what they're doing, but nobody stops them for some reason. The regulators and the intelligence community knows exactly what's going yeah, on. Yeah. There's nobody three different types <laughs> of, of federal and local mandates within Canada. You've got Toronto, and then you've got mm -hmm. Quebec, and then you've got Vancouver. Vancouver. They're not one federal yeah. regulation. Mm -hmm. But I will let you guys know that the intelligence community, a lot of people are mistaken when it comes to this. Things do not happen in a day. Put it to you that way. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but if, sure, it, like, if it happens it, after sixty years and the guy dies, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, but if you've collected, a, let's call it a monetary gain for your country of let's call it hypothetically five billion dollars, compared to taking somebody down for five, there is a lot of okay. explicit strategy that goes into these types of things. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. Yeah, and I was going to chime in about what uh, Jade was saying about food. Like, she's 100% right. Um, the healthier the food that you eat. And like, well, the big one for them is cars as well. Deal. So, what? They buy like $5 million cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. And after like, sure. three years, no, they sell it back. They get clock to change. Um, but yeah, food will definitely, if you eat healthier food, you'll definitely feel better. And the possibility of losing a little bit of weight, that's possible as well. Mm, I see. So it's where, do you, like, where do you live? I live in BC, but um, I do practice uh, keto myself. So I understand what you go through when you were talking about your uh, your kale um, concoctions. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. All right, all the all the ladies left, so I don't have any sympathizers. Well, I, I guess you understand, but yeah, it's hard. So anyway, you guys, this has been super fun. Um, this was my first lunatic space in a really, really <laughs> long time. And I had absolutely no idea what I was getting in for. I saw Sefi was talking. I was like, oh, my God, I love to listen to Sefi talk. And uh, this uh, this blew yeah, my mind. We, we went a little bit nuts, huh? Yeah. It's this, just like... this was an experience. Um, so maybe I can join you guys again sometime and uh for sure. crazy stories when i'm when i'm ready to have a glass of wine or something um but this was fun you guys have a good night very good have a good night <laughs> okay, okay. i'd like to say the thank you thank you as well to you and your community thank you for giving me the opportunity to express the one thing that i'm advocating for is make sure you do your extended 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 triple education and due diligence on anything before you go and put your money into anything at the end of the day people 
This is cryptography. If you don't have a passion for cryptography, you shouldn't be in crypto necessarily, but I'm not really saying that. I, I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to portray. Uh, I think it's more like the do your own research thing, right? <laughs> and be educated about it. Don't be hyped. That's, that's basically my conclusion. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, paradox though, right? Like, cause like the more you know about something and you develop conviction in it, uh, there is sort of like this self-hyping uh, like uh, element that goes into that, right? Like, because if you can't convince yourself it's good, why would you bother? On the other hand, if like by the time you've convinced yourself it's good, like, well, it's e easy to get to overextended. So it's like you wind up with this problem where like if you believe there's like an asymmetric bet somewhere, you believe that like there's some gain to be had, then uh, there is a tendency for people to get uh, aggressive with uh, whatever it is the heck they're buying, whether it's a Ferrari or whatever, right? So there is this kind of like level of um, like you you can't know what you don't know, number one, uh, and you can't know necessarily all the opportunities that you would have otherwise missed had you had uh, not gone down one particular pathway or another. So the future is a pretty nebulous thing. It's a very difficult thing. And pretty much every single thing you do or don't do is also a gamble, by the way. So, uh, th so it's not as simple as really, I think, saying, well, there's like one good thing or one bad thing or what have you. It's just there's this landscape that's very difficult to navigate uh, for anybody because none of us can see the future. So, so like, I, I just think that people yeah. need to understand this and, and tell this to themselves, right, and really look in the mirror and say, I'm gambling. I'm not doing anything except doing predictions based on something that I have no uncertain outcome because I don't understand the technical roadmap of a traditional company that has a board of directors and a founding team behind it that's fully compliant. Everybody's onboarded. Actually, the, the, the stock market's a great place to get completely devastated. Like most companies go to zero. No, I, 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 I fully agree. What I'm saying is at least you have that understanding of who is behind what you're doing and what are they actually doing and the information that was portrayed. Because if the stock market does do something, let's call it illegal in an aspect, you have all the rights and I would say the, the 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 recourse to take legal action compared to something where not even the regulator understands what's going on. If that if that makes more sense, I, I, I'm not sure. I agree. I, I've been yeah. in the stock market a very long time, and many things have gone to zero that were fully regulated and apparently. And pretty you can't get your money back. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Like the, the stock market's pretty freaking wicked too. Uh, like again, I, I was just like, using it as a as a comparison. It, it might yeah, be like, like in the like in the last thirty years of tech, like you could have easily been destroyed by lots of things, actually, uh, and many people have. Um, yeah, so like it, it, many of the companies in in tech uh, since like the eighties have disappeared, right? Like most of them, uh, only some of them have survived. The names that you're aware of today. So like, yeah, tomorrow's blue chips are not exactly obvious today. This is the, this is the difficult problem. Um, and, uh, it's, yeah, just like, no, there doesn't really necessarily, uh, always matter how much research you do. Like, for example, um, like, you know, if you look at the history of big companies like Apple and, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, such, uh, you know, many of them got completely devastated and, and yeah. uh, uh, again, again, is there any chance to disappear the lunacy? Mm, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I am talking about the lunacy, Terra lunacy. Uh, again, is there any chance to disappear? For it to disappear? Yeah. Mm, yeah, if all the validators shut down, why? So, uh, I am from India. Actually, uh, I have invested some amount, but 
uh, how many days take to the uh, one USD uh, Terra Luna C? Can you uh, tell me? How many days does what take? Uh, uh, USD one. Oh, for Luna Classic to go to one dollar? Yeah. <laughs> how many days do you think it'll take? Oh, uh, it maybe take uh, five to six years. So five to six years. You're you're hoping for what? Like the supply goes down, basically, or? Uh, the the price is uh, uh, because uh, so many YouTubers are telling you everyone is telling USD one USD one. Thank you very much, and sorry to interrupt you, guys. Exactly my point proven. Sorry, carry on nine eight six. So there's like what six point nine trillion um, uh, Luna Classic in circulation, right? Okay. Right, 96, yes? Yeah, 6 so, trillion. So you're, you're, you're expecting that uh, the value of Luna Classic becomes what, uh, let's say $7 trillion market cap? Yeah. So think about this for just a minute. So gold, right? You've heard of gold. Like, it's pretty popular in India. Uh, so the, the market cap of gold is what, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like approximately what? Like guesstimate. What is the Actually, market cap uh, gold? Six point five trillion. Um, yeah, I mean, market cap of gold is what? Like, let's just say it's ten trillion, right? Something like that. It goes up and down, obviously. Um, whatever it is. So, in order for uh, Luna Classic to reach the market cap of gold, um. I think that would be unrealistic. Now, at the same time, if the supply of the coin goes down dramatically for some reason, uh, you know, this burn tax thing or whatever, I suppose it could be less than that, right? But uh, the Luna to a dollar meme is kind of just mostly just fun, right? Like, it's not going to happen next week uh, and may not happen ever, right? Would that be reasonable to consider? Yeah, in this situation, I have to tell one thing about my life. I started trading in uh, Indian share, Indian share, uh, share market and from 2010. So my goal is I want to reach Indian rupees one core. Uh, from that day onwards, I have started and I lost uh, 86 lakhs and need about one core rupees in share market. So after oh, you, uh, you I lost a lot of money stock, in stock trading. After that, I stopped the trading, and after a few years back, I started again in cryptocurrency. Can easily to earn money like that, and I somebody told me, and I started to invest in cryptocurrency. So uh, after investing uh, six seven months back in Terra Luna, again I lost some few amount. Uh, again, I started to invest in Luna C. So I, I need, I must. 9866, uh, uh, my name is Hamilton and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I, I'd like to give you some advice if you don't mind, if that's okay. Okay, okay, okay. If you're replicating the same type of scenario that previously failed by taking advice from someone instead of doing your own due diligence and understanding actually what you're buying, why would you do it? So think like that before you go and take your hard-earned money and watch YouTube and see a thumbnail saying Terra Luna going to $1 and if you understand my point. And I'm not trying to be offensive. I just feel like you're the typical customer that is being manipulated in this mass market 
And I'm trying to advocate for people to educate themselves of what they're actually getting into. So do yourself a favor. Instead of watching a YouTube video, rather watch a video on what is a blockchain. How does a blockchain work? And then understand what is that company actually trying to do with their technology and is this beneficial for where I believe I would like to invest my money. Because if you're looking to put money into something and expecting it to go to a dollar because you don't even know why or how much the circulation supply is of gold or the market cap is, I don't think this industry is for you. And, and, and I want to be that devil, devil's advocate. And, and I think I'm going to be probably the only true friend you have, and I've never met you, to tell you, bro, stop what you're doing and go educate yourself first. 986. Uh, in, in the United States, we have this thing called the lottery. Um, I periodically buy a ticket for a dollar, and I'm hoping to win $300 million. Um, it's like so far it hasn't worked though. It's just been a really, uh, I mostly just lose my money. So nine, eight, six. Um, you, 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 you gotta stop thinking about your problems and thinking how will Lunk change your life maybe in a month or two and think about what happened to Lunk before and why we're here, and how long will it take? 6.5 trillion. That's one take. No matter how many, how, many, how many strategies they come with to ban that supply, it won't, it won't go to a dollar now. So yeah, I think you, should, you, should, you should try to at least have, be realistic, and have a minimal goal that you would like to 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 to, to take profit on. Uh, can kill another zero? Yes, that can happen. Can go to a cent? Yes, that can happen. A dollar is too much. Remember, there there are about five point seven billion that have been staked. There are people who own billions of the of, of tokens. They can dump on you like a sack. And you will you will you will feel more pain. So, read up, do research on tokens that are really that, that the protocol has the real real use case in this world, than just to thinking about your short term goals and see okay if I can put hundred rupees here, and my life can change. No, it don't work like that, friend. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not thinking like that. And my father told me in this world, no one is not going to give money free. So we have to think and we have to analyze each and everything. Then only we have to put some money. Then we have to wait some days. Yeah, I know that because my age is now at 46, 47. So, okay, let me ask you something. Can I interrupt you? What if, that's a what if, what if Terra Repels? walk away from the, from from, from Lunk now what would happen oh actually uh, there is some um, uh, coins uh, they, they, they some uh, due to some technical issue or something that actually I don't know I'm really telling you uh, due to why the collapse you were talking excuse me you were, you were talking about collapse the Terra Luna I'm asking you, what if Terra Rebels walk away from Lunk now? What would you do? 
are you willing to to lose that money that you invested in long yeah well, when it is coming down uh, when it is uh, before um, uh, coming before zero uh, i have entered in 2 uh, 3 dollars uh, price rate so after uh, one or two days it is uh, completely zero so i thought it is it is came from uh, you uh, uh, 12000 rupees to uh, 70 80 rupees in indian so now it is again it is going to up like that i thought and i invested so i have no any idea about this black chain and some some technical reasons so that only i lost actually you are telling absolutely right i have to analysis the system and i have to take so many data so that is the main reason to lost money you are absolutely you are telling is 100% Right. Educate I, yourself before you do I, anything. I think you, whatever amount that you invested in Lunk, is you must be ready to you must be ready to 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 lose it at any time. Yeah. Because Lunk now is community owned. The devs are who are working there; they are not getting paid. So you shouldn't be thinking a dollar. You should be thinking. be positive and not having your high, your your hopes too high that's my that i'm trying to help i i i do have some lunk also but i'm not thinking a dollar so myself also not thinking that much money i want to gain immediately but only thing is uh, you have already uh, you you are better than me uh, about cryptocurrency you have no, so much knowledge but what i am asking you just i am requesting you can it reach even 1 rupee also a uh, little bit of uh, relief i will get i don't know how much is 1 rupee in if you convert it from dollars it is, point, it is in 1 cent 1 cent only 1 cent so sorry to interrupt you guys so your your can it is reach 1 uh, cent can it reach yeah Can it reach one cent this year, 2022? Yes, Safi, I gotta leave now. Take it easy. I mean, will it reach one cent this year? Safi, thank you very much for everything. You're the man. I appreciate it. See you later, man. So, uh, you guys, uh, like the 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 story here is simple, guys. Like, all right. So in order for price to go up you guys have to go and actually like build something like some you know like do some software work uh, excuse me sorry for the interruption only one one I have one question only can it is reach even one cent mm, we have no idea like why would we know that okay okay thank you yeah like i mean we can't see the future right i can't, like we don't have this like uh, crystal ball or something Yes, you are right. Like for like for example, I like I'm not a uh, like a Brahmin priest. You know, like we could maybe go and ask for example like a certain uh fortune teller, maybe uh you know, palm reader perhaps. Like I uh I don't think we have the ability to see the future, right? Uh right. Like what we think. Yeah, yeah, you were right. You were right. I think the key is like if you want to make it go up like the key is you have to like build some maybe uh decentralized applications create a lot of utilities for the chain and then kind of uh you know maybe make some things that people want to use and then then folks will come to the blockchain and like play and do some things and maybe the price of the thing will go up right Yeah like yeah, like I think, I think 
Good morning from Pakistan. Hi, Kaipu. Got a really, got a really bad. bad. Am I audible? Now you have tremendous feedback on your mic. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's hard to hear. Yeah, you have to turn your uh, speakers down and stuff. Like, it's creating a tremendous feedback. Yeah. Anyway, guys, like, yeah, um, you know, buy what you want, but like, uh, uh, like people aren't going to be able to predict for you the exact types of things. And yeah, you're doing okay now. Go ahead, man. Uh, from I think you're. Having, yeah, you have connection issues. Let me drop them off here because that's not working out well. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. Any other like uh, interesting questions? Any kind of strange ideas before we call it a night? It's been fun. Um, let's see. I think Roughneck is here, and Eric. Eric, what's up? Or Gago Kaba. Or I'm not sure what your name is. Well, I got. I don't have anything to say. I just want to thank you all. Oh, you having fun? <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Gago, where you Gago? Where are you from? <laughs> you know what, Gago is just uh, <clears throat> it's not a name though. That's that's a bad word here in the Philippines. Gagokaba means you're stupid. Are you stupid? Gagokaba? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I just got it. I just I just changed my name because of you guys. You know? all guys are you're, funny, dog. You're you're from Philippines. Gago Kaba? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I'm from Philippines also. Sefi, have you realized that a lot of people have, have invested in Luke with hopes that. Luke do you hold Luna? How much Luna do you hold? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> it's like on the internet, you can almost make up anything and like people believe it. It's strange. I had to drop Gago off. His like mic has gone fucking crazy. <laughs> like I can't hear a damn thing. Um, yeah, it's like interesting how uh, people believe practically anything. Like you can memeify almost anything. It's super interesting. Um, it's We're not like, saying to, we won't say it won't go up, but a dollar is too much, guys. Honestly speaking, can we get real? Even if exchange is yo guys. So when will be the exact okay. date for? 1.2% burning tax for Terra on Luna. On the 20th? On the for 21st. Luna. Classic. Depending on where. On the 21st, depending on your time zone. Some YouTuber says it will start on 20 or... But in Binance said 21? On the 21st, so when will be the exact date? Alright, well, Anyone? you know, it's like... Uh, yeah, so the I think the twenty first or something like that, right? And yeah, on the twenty first, depending twenty first, depending on your time zone and the block, and the block number. I think the block it's a block nine million yeah. something. Yeah, and then on the twenty second, um, I've kind of arranged for an interview with uh, like Django of uh, Interchain FM. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow her. Uh, you probably should. 
she's got a YouTube channel and she's going to be interviewing. We kind of made some connections. I had the folks from like, uh, I'm going to have the folks from Binance with her. And then we're going to have um, the Terror Rebels. And I think Kim uh, and I think Happy Crypto. So a few people, we kind of got organized together uh, to go chat with her um, and the Binance folks to see what they have to say. Uh, so that might be an interesting little interview. They might uh, discuss some of the technical issues with like implementing this thing on Binance. Is uh, that on, on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her channel's on YouTube. Um, it's uh, Interchain FM. If you type that in, okay. uh, you should be able to find it and find her channel and bookmark it. She's kind of a, uh, Asian girl with kind of, colorful hair <laughs> she's very cool uh she comes hang out she hangs out here from time to time we've we've met on numerous occasions so she's uh yeah she's a lot of fun check out her channel she's um she originally asked me to come on to talk about it but i was like well let's just have you interview the people that are actually doing the thing um so you know terror rebels and everything uh, we kind of like got them in touch with each other and then they're going to chat right so maybe you can hear a little bit more about what's you know what kind of things are going to be happening Interchain FM, right? Yeah, Interchain FM. So Django Unchained is her channel. Oh, I, I always forget. It. I forget how to spell the. Her thing is so difficult to spell. Hold on a second. Let me. Yeah, I got it. If for people that want to uh, know what her like Twitter address is, the spelling always like messes me up. <laughs> uh, one sec. I think it's C J or some no. It's C-H-J-A-N-G-N-G-O. Yeah, that's why I can never remember it. Yeah, Django Unchained. Uh, so it's at C-H-J-A-N-G-O uh, is her Twitter handle. And uh, definitely, if you want to know all things Cosmos, uh, she's a good person to kind of like follow. Uh, she's been around kind of like uh, hanging around with people within the Cosmos ecosystem uh for quite a few years now uh, i think like she's been around since like maybe 2017 2018 2019 some somewhere along that, those lines so she knows a pretty good history of like the history of like cosmos based chains including like uh some things related to luna etc so uh she's got nice credibility so she's a good person to follow if you want to kind of get a little smarter um uh, crypto cdo does a pretty good channel as well if you haven't followed his uh, like Zaki comes on with him sometimes. I don't know if you know, guys know Zaki is, but he's one of the, uh, also one of the kind of like uh, people who have helped uh, develop Cosmos. Uh, if you haven't followed like Ethan Buckman or for that matter, like uh, uh, Jack Zampelin, these are good people to follow, sort of like to hear what's happening in terms of like developments. But yeah, like uh, for, you know, the gentleman that was just here, like trying to get rich quick, like, like, the 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 thing you want to do is like pay attention to uh, really the information about stuff that's coming, uh, you know, technologies that are super interesting, where like you can be relatively early to the uh, actual like development of these things, so that you're there like when they first get released, you know, so you can be super super early in theory. Because like here's the thing, like if a lot of things in crypto are not going to do well, right? If there a lot of it's just speculation and there's like risks involved, you might as well be in at the very beginning, right? Like it doesn't make sense to be at the very end at the top. So it does help like to hear about some of the 
freshest, most useful things. Um, like, for example, I've recommended people like uh, Bookmark. Uh, like, there are several interesting Cosmos chains. For example, you've got um, the Atom Coin of the Cosmos Hub. You've got uh, Stargate Stars, which is the token of the Stargaze um, ecosystem of like NFTs. That's kind of interesting. So I bought a fair amount of that this week. Uh, there's Juno, which is kind of a, a community chain that was created on Cosmos as well, just like, um, uh, well, uh, sort of like Luna Classic is now. Um, you know, so I've taken a position in that just for longer term. Uh, what else uh, is out there? I think uh, Home down here plays on like the Huawei chain, which is kind of a meme chain on Cosmos. Um, yeah, so there's just lots of different interesting things happening. Uh, there's some there's some like sub projects, like little projects, um, uh, decentralized applications that are being built on uh, NFT projects, things like that that are being built on Luna Classic, on Luna, on Juno, on Stargaze, um, on Secret Networks. There's all sorts of stuff happening uh, all the time. Um, I don't think you have to be in just one project. Uh, Guys, kind of, yeah, go no. ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah. I have something uh -huh. to tell you. What's that? <laughs> mm. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Yeah, as you were saying, Sefi, there are some good projects out there that people should invest in. You know? Yeah, or, or and, not even and, just and, invest and, in. Like, the thing is, like, when you compare and contrast different things, what you realize is, like, okay, what are other people doing? Like, what kinds of um, trouble they're getting themselves into? what kind of like problems exist in the blockchain world? Like what kind of problems exist with things like governance and voting and like things that can crash the chain or maybe uh, things that might make a chain or a blockchain project popular, things that uh, are stupid but sound good in the beginning. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of little details you'll learn, right? Like along the way, um, you know, you'll like, you'll make some mistakes along the way, right? You got to leave yourself some room. So like, you know, Luna, for example, did really, really well and then crashed into oblivion because of a like essentially a, a financial crisis essentially developed, right? So, you know, if you uh, have some Luna, it's one thing, but if you put all your money in it and it goes to really, really poorly, right, that's a different thing. So it's not just about like um, diversification of your money. It's like diversification of your time, the ability to kind of like think clearly about, um, you know, uh, what you're trying to learn like what kind of lessons you actually take away from it, um, all of those kinds of things. So like, um, you know, like if I could just simply like take what I know, like just rip out my brain and like shove it in your head and like, you know, like, like just do a data dump on you. Um, it, it'd be one thing, but it's not possible to do that. Right. So it's like, there's a certain amount of experience that is required to sort of just kind of like trudge through and do the hard work. And some of it's just playing, right. Like it's not just hard works. Like you use tiny amounts of coin here and there. You, you try different applications, you try different things, see if they're interesting, see if they're fun. Try to analyze like, wait, am I having fun with this? If, if I am, I find this useful. I find this like financial product useful or whatever. Maybe other people find it useful, right? Like, so you have to kind of uh, develop kind of intuition about this sort of thing. And uh, if you do it for long enough, right, you're going to be able to pick some things that are much, much more interesting. But um and then sometimes, like, if you're like, well, I'm not that nerdy. Like, I don't really know. I don't have time to figure all this shit out. Like, I don't, like not everyone that wants to invest wants to make it their life, right? Like, it's not like as if, uh, you know, people don't have, like, day jobs and shit, right? Like, if you, if you actually 
need to spend your entire day becoming some sort of analyst. Like people say, do your own research, right? But a lot of the times that's bullshit. Cause like the reality is like a lot of people are not fully equipped with the knowledge base to do their own research in a meaningful way to where you're going to see all the risks and all that. Um, like I won't see all the risks and I've been doing this for a while. Like I won't see all the risks that are inherent in some particular project or problem. Right. So the, the, you just have to leave yourself room to be wrong. So if you just assume, well, a project or a company or something you're investing in can in fact go to zero, then you're going to like the amount of money you're going to put into it is going to be substantially smaller than if you think it's going to infinity, right? Like that's the thing. Uh, so this is what we call allocation. It's like picking an amount you want to put into something that makes sense for your life and your sort of like tolerance of risk and everything else. And uh, nobody can really tell you exactly what to do uh, when it comes to these things, right? And uh, some of it you have to just like learn how to lose. But you also have to kind of learn like uh, a lot of things about like price volatility and stuff. If um, if price goes down 85%, are you going to be in a good position at that point? Are you going to be damaged badly at that point? And I think like if you don't have a strategy for what you're going to do at the bottom, then you're going to make uh, some serious mistakes, I think, um, it's, especially if it's like a project that's really, really high quality. So there's like a simple rule that I have like when it comes to these things. All right. So if you think about this, um, all you have to see over the longer term is the bottom of the price. Forget about the tops first. The bottom prices have to continue to rise over some significant period of time, right? If the bottom prices continue to go lower and lower, then that means that project is probably not doing anything and no one cares about it. This is really what it generally means. But if you're producing higher lows over the course of, say, three, four years, then the probability is this is a project that people are actually using, they're building upon, uh, people are buying the coin, uh, whatever the case may be. So like, if you want an illustration of what that looks like, um, say, for example, uh, look at the Atom versus Bitcoin chart. Look at the uh like look at the atom usd chart either one like you'll notice that there's like progressively higher lows over time and that implies that like when those bottoms actually arrive there are people looking for discounts and they're ready to buy that thing whatever it is that stock that coin whatever and if you're finding that that um you're putting in progressively lower lows over the course of like three years then it's probably something's not going very well, right? Like that team or whatever would have to produce something amazing to reverse that ship. Um, in the, you know, in the what's called negative price discovery, the first like two to three years of any coin, um, you're going to have this like time period where price just has to bottom out. It's kind of like the price discovery towards the bottom. Forget about the price discovery upwards. And as things go down, 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 that's when you have to pay attention. Wait. Are these people building something impressive? Is this something that can like um, go up in value later on? Are people going to use this product, or is it just stupid and destined to die? Right. The, 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 these are the concerns you have to kind of like uh, consider. And really, only the people with the absolute most conviction are buying at the bottom. Usually, that's why the volume is low. Usually, you know, price is going down, etc. Right. So, um, it, but it's also the time when like it's very difficult to do your research. It's like difficult to find. Uh, information because nobody's talking about it when it's low, right? People always pump it when it's going up, but like finding people to talk up, say, say something good about something on the way down is really difficult. So what you end up doing is you get exposed only to like pumps. You don't really get exposed to the 
you know, the dump, so to speak, when like the discounts are happening. But like most of you, if you go shopping, right, you know, you typically don't want to buy like when the thing is retail price at the very top, you want to go like on sale, right? Like 10, 10 or 20% off. But what ends up happening is, is when that sale actually comes, what happens is people say, oh, I don't want that purse. I don't want those shoes. Those are like the cheap shoes or like that's last year's model or some shit, right? So there is this tendency to like equate lower price with like, um, you know, possibility of it's a bad project. So even a good project, when it's going down, people tend to get very negative about it. And that's just how that works. Um, so, so you have to kind of like uh, carefully consider basically what it is you're doing, um, you know, what it is you're picking up. And so there's different tactics to deal with this. But like um, right now, I think like if you look at the, um, if you're looking for something that is like uh, a massive increase in value, um, you're talking about something with a very small market cap, but the problem is that those are also the ones that projects that could quite literally die, meaning like if you put all your money in them, you could lose all of it pretty readily. Uh, on the other hand, they're also the ones, the smallest market cap things, the ones that they can grow the most. So relatively like, let's say small amount of money, let's say a thousand bucks of Luna when it was a, a dollar. Uh, would have, when it made it to $100, would have been worth $100,000, right? So it's a huge um, asymmetric uh, bet, essentially. Um, you know, it can happen periodically when things go up uh, much higher than you think. Um, the other thing to look for is like, okay, like um, there is sort of like this exponential buying pattern of uh, human behavior. So if you look at something like, um, uh, and these things come in cycles. So if you look at like a, a Bitcoin price history chart from the very beginning, um, what you'll notice is like from the initial bottom to the initial top might have been like a 100x or something, right? Uh, or th I'm sorry, not 100x, like maybe a 10,000x, right? And then the next sort of cycle, the price drops, it bottoms out, it finds a new bottom, then makes another cycle top, right? Then you might have, let's say, 100x. Then you have the next sort of cycle, right? And then it gets to something else. So oftentimes, like, um, uh, this is kind of quantified in what's called the, like, 350-day moving average multiple. So if you, like, the first cycle usually be, like, a 350-day moving average times 21. So you get these wild sort of, like, ride up to the top, right? And then the next cyclical event will typically be uh, not quite as big from the bottom, like, the magnitude of the rise. And then it subsequently gets smaller and smaller in terms of like the percent gain from the bottoms. So I think it's uh, if you try to find things that are going to get you that 10,000% gain, or I'm sorry, the 350 day moving average times 21, the problem is, is that like you have to be super early to those projects and they're fairly high risk in, in the sense that they might not even go anywhere. They might be rug pulls. They might be just bullshit, right? Because they haven't actually executed yet. That's the reason why their price is nothing. So by the time the price of the, the like project is executed and has a big bubble, um, the price will go way higher than it, what it's really worth because that's just how bubbles work. Then it will drop back down, find a new, um, you know, hopefully higher low, and then produce another higher high at some point in the future. And then that, that's how like the chart goes sort of up and to the right, right? So this is kind of like what happens to like a stock that's performing well, like let's say Apple or Google or something like that, right? Um, so the, the way you kind of like want to think about, uh, th these projects is, is if I'm looking for something that's kind of looking like it's developing like a blue chip status, like something that, uh, might persist for a long time, 
like maybe an Ethereum or an Atom or something, right? Like they're, the, the telltale signs are that after usually about, about a three to four year period, you'll notice that they are putting in higher lows finally. And it takes about three to four years to actually finish like the early price discovery period. You almost want it to go through a cycle of boom and bust and then get into it at that point. So if you look at a lot of projects that have been um, out there for the past uh, few years, um, like some projects, projects have done like really, really miserable. Like I'll give you an example, like Chainlink is a perfect example of this. Like it doesn't have any purpose, right? The coin has no damn purpose. It has no like value capture mechanism. It's literally just a stupid security that just enriches the Chainlink people, but has no value capture mechanism whatsoever, right? So what's happened to it? It went to you know, a bull market valuation of like 55 bucks, but it dropped all the way down below its prior bear market valuation, all the way down to like $7 or five bucks, something obnoxious, like ridiculously low. Why'd that happen? Because like, it's useless, basically, just a stupid coin that doesn't do anything. So it's like, obviously, when the time came, like eventually people sold out and boom, the, the price gets crushed, it gets shorted, whatever, right? So does that mean that Chainlink's price can't go up again? No, it doesn't mean that exactly. But the fact that it's put in such a terrible um, low implies that when push comes to shove, that there's no buyers at the bottom. Um, it, it would be different if it, went, if it went to like 55 bucks or whatever it went to, and it dropped down to, let's say, I don't know, 25 or something, and then found buyers. But that's not what happened. It dropped, dropped way lower. So these leverage markets are part of the reason for that, but also because the coin is just stupid, doesn't do anything. Like it's just literally like uh, buying a like piece of the flag of Chainlink or something. It just doesn't do anything. So um, yeah, these are some examples of like ways of thinking to help you identify things that are um, likely to perform well over the long run. So like you don't have to be some kind of like you know a chart technical analysis wizard or some bullshit. Like you know if I post a few charts here and there, it's because like. It's just identifying some of these like more global patterns, just looking at the overall visual of like one, what is what's the kind of like exponential sort of human behavior that pushes these coins up to such high prices, but also like what does that say as far as like how much they're going to dump, right? Like there, it just automatically means if it's going to make like a look what happened to Cadena, right? It went from like I think it's like I don't know thirty cents or some shit to twenty seven dollars, right? And now it's at about a dollar. 50-ish, something like that, right? So just look at that dump. So look at Rune too. Yeah, Rune's a great, good example. Um, and yeah, so like what happens is a lot of these small cap coins, um, they, um, are, are, they're just going to do this. That's like pretty normal. It's like 90% retracement is what Ethereum did, um, et cetera. So it's, it's like, it's just almost expected to happen. These negative price discoveries are what usually like surprise most people because like in a speculative market, the volatility and the downside is much more aggressive than, say, for example, in a stock market that might have like valuations based on things like price to earnings ratios and other multiples that people use. Right. So, um, yeah, there's like, um, you, you know, like this this inability to um, estimate properly where bottoms are, I, I think, makes it hard to pick like where should you even start to pick these things up so if like if it's a speculative small cap asset right like when you see like an 85 percent uh drop from the top or even 90 percent uh that's when you start saying "Ooh, this looks really interesting i might grab a little bit here and there but you'll notice like barely anybody's during that time people aren't on twitter spaces they're not posting things about anything they're all just depressed and like crying like to their mother or whatever 
they have no idea what they're doing. So they're just basically like crying and like, like, you know, figuring out how to make uh, all their money back on using some stupid tactic. Right. So you, this is the time when like you have to pick up things slowly and then, um, you know, wait for price action to the upside or whatever, have some kind of strategy. But um, if you wait for everyone to show up, yeah, that's a bull run could happen at some point, blah, blah, blah. But the upside is relatively weak. Like, so for example, if you look at Bitcoin, it went up to like, what, close to 70,000, something like that. And now it's at like 20K. So sure, you could wait for Bitcoin to go back to 70K and then pass that, play the breakout in who knows how many years, right? That's a possibility. Um, so, but, uh, and that's what pe a lot of people did actually, they waited for, you know, it went to 20,000, it went back to 20,000. As soon as it passed it, everyone jumped in and went crazy. Right. So this is this like confirmation of prior cycle peak. If you can pass that, um, you know, you're in good shape essentially. But, um, basically then like the whole ecosystem, everything sort of explodes at that point as tons of leverage, tons of capital flows in. And like, you know, it's, then it's kind of like, relatively quote unquote easy to get rich but the thing is you usually miss uh like almost a 10x off the bottom by the time that sort of confirmation happens so you just have to be aware of that like if you have projects that you like right like things that are just sitting around doing nothing right now like i don't know like look at uh i'll take for example uh let me give you an example um so i bought some uh let's see i bought some stars token uh this week uh, Star stars is like just an NFT token of the stargaze platform. So currently the price of the coin is like four cents, something like that. And I think at the peak of the sort of bull market, it was about 80 cents. Right. So that's like what, a, um, it's a 20 X or something like that from the, uh, to get back to that level. Anyway, the, the point is like at this point, it's really, really low comparative to where it was. And really all I have to do is say, okay, well, look, if the cosmos is growing, um, it's the, one of the few NFT specific chains, um, you know, I think there's Omniflix in this or whatever, and, um, maybe it'll have competitors, maybe other people show up, but like, uh, there's a lot of people putting NFTs on this chain. I think people will buy this stars token to maybe buy NFTs and stuff in the future, possibly. So I throw a little bit in there at a relatively low price and I'm just going to hold on to it. It's got good yield. Um, and I'll just restake those yield and chill. Right. So that's just an example of like just picking something up with maybe the idea that, Hey, if it succeeds, um, this thing could go up at some point in the future, perhaps. Right. If nothing more, like I'll just take my yield and buy NFTs with it or something and have fun. So like, I'm not too worried about it one way or the other. Right. Um, so, you know, like, and then there's a lot of other examples like this. You can get little bits of small things, but like, uh, typically what I suggest most people on Terra do is not only, uh, get yourself like the, the Terra wallet, which is the Terra station wallet to kind of play on Luna classic or Luna, but also get the Kepler wallet, um, to play on the rest of the cosmos. So you kind of are always learning something, but yeah, like, uh, it's, it's much easier to figure out like, what to do in any one blockchain by sort of playing in a few of them. And then you get a better feel for like, okay, is this really better than Ethereum? Is this really better than Polygon? Is this really better than whatever, right? These people say that Avalanche is really good or whatever. Uh, is it? Like, is it really that good? Uh, you know, like, uh, all of those kinds of uh, questions are hard to answer. 
And it takes time to play on all these things, right? It's easy to watch some dude on YouTube talk nonsense, but like the reality is it takes time to even just make a wallet and go, you know, try to, you know, buy a few things on these chains and just play with them, right? So um, it, this is kind of like uh, the the thing I've seen uh, is that people have a tendency not to just go play. They they want to kind of like just figure out how to get rich first instead of actually learning anything about what's going on. And uh, that's a good way to get broke, I think. <laughs> so anyway, uh, does that make sense, guys? Like, uh, like kind of carried on a little bit there. But uh, yeah, hopefully some of the, 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 the kind of advice uh, um, lets you kind of build a foundation for what you're doing, right? Uh, any comments, guys, sabotage or? Don't wrap. No, it makes perfect makes perfect sense, man. I I enjoyed everything that you're saying, and um, I totally appreciate the space here. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, I, I I believe that too, Safi. And uh, yeah, like it's a community you project. You know, we all work together and got to build from that and take it as far as we can go and keep pushing. Right. So it's. It's going to take time. I don't have any price predictions. I'm not about that life. I'm just buying and holding when I can. That's just me. Yeah. Hey, Jayhun, what's going on, man? Uh, How's Turkey? Hello, hello guys. Hello, Sefi. Uh, Sefi, I got a question. Um, do you know last uh, couple of days ago, I see someone called GCR or something? Uh, he was short in uh, Luna Classic. is a big amount. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that this is this guy is a normal person like you and me, or it's like a big company. What is this? Uh, no, he's just a he's just a big account. He's a like wealthy individual apparently. Okay. And another question, because you do you do investment and trades and stuff like this as well. But I just I don't understand his mentality. For example, he shorted, and, and people was buying, and he shorted, and in big amount of money. On, on I mean, like what kind right. what kind of mentality he has that shorted instead of the short in it? Don't you think it's better to yeah. buy it? No, all of crypto has uh, long and short positions for many coins. Uh, you know, you understand what shorting means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But exactly done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just means you're basically borrowing um, against some collateral like uh, like USDC or something, and you are borrowing luna classic to sell it um and that way and then you have to pay back your loan by basically um buying back the the thing at a lower price essentially right right and then kind of paying off your loan pocketing the difference um so shorting is a well-established sort of standard like financial tool and it's the same thing as like you know buying low and selling high this is basically uh, selling high and then buying back low. Like this is basically what this is, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to have this happen. Um, you shouldn't be in some fantasy land that this does not occur. This happens all over the world. Uh, many, many platforms that you can do this on. Any any coin that gets to a certain size, um, you're going to see um, different things like futures trading. You're going to see things like uh, perpetuals. You're going to see things like uh, options and longs and shorts and all this kind of business, right? Like that's just all normal. Um, so you just have to always know that like, there's going to be those gamblers that 
A, want to pump a lot of money in at the bottom. And you'll see these big impulsive moves of the price upwards. And then you might have that exact same group of people then shorted at the top. So like the, this, you can get kind of wild price movements. And some of them can, um, they can kind of look organic. But at the same time, like they are being driven by also just so like crowd popularity as well. So if so, what they so basically what these guys it's as simple. It's fairly easy to have like not easy, but it's fairly um, uh, commonplace in crypto for like a big community to come together, put a bunch of YouTube videos and blah blah blah, and essentially like cause the price of a coin to go up, right? And people buy it all the way up, right? And then it's it's a well-known fact that like you're never going to get a straight line to infinity up, correct? Jaehoon, you follow me? Yeah, here? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because you know it can't go to infinity, there'll be a point at which there's going to be a more of a, a rationale to either sell something or short it, right? And yeah. if someone wants to take the bet to short it, um, then they might put a lot of money on exchange with a plan to. Uh, short something they may have a pretty substantial um like range for a stop loss but they don't have to be very right in order to win like if you're in a sufficient enough leverage short position and um you have a reasonable enough stop loss and such and you're willing to pay the interest on the loan or whatever you can basically do pretty well um shorting a market if you're like have a good talent for that sort of thing right so there is a reason why people do these things um you know, and uh, and that person's taking a risk too. Like, what if, like, you know, uh, millions of more people than they they expected actually go to buy the coin, and they can get a short squeeze and then burn those shorts as well. In fact, on the way up, so you know how you saw the Luna Classic price go up, some portion of that would have been short squeezed, right? If people that are getting their leverage positions or leverage shorts getting liquidated. So there comes a point where there's a balance where the liquidations end, the price tops out. We call this like this big impulsive move to the top, to you know, up. And then you can have this like slow drip down and then you have to form a new higher low. And then when people feel like, okay, look, this thing is balanced out. The price is kind of like, um, uh, the price is kind of balanced out. Then um, I think you will get to a point where the, the uh, people will kind of jump in again and start putting in long positions or buying spot positions, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, in other words, not every one of the, the people that are buying or selling are some sort of enthusiastic community member. They're just gambling on the internet, right? Like, uh, not everyone like hangs around in spaces or whatever and knows about whatever you're doing in the classic. They're just buying it low and selling it high or whatever, or shorting it and that kind of thing. So these, that's just a normal market. That's just how these things work. Right. Yeah. So you, yeah there's nothing particularly exotic about that. Right. Very common. And it happens in stocks. It happens in everything. Right. Um, there's also another fact, uh, factor too, like for example, uh, Jaehoon, uh, let's say for example, you have like, uh, I don't know, let's say you have a, um, um, $100,000 worth of Luna Classic, let's yeah. say, right? Yeah. And the price goes up 10x for some reason, right? Yeah. Now, now it's worth a million dollars of Luna Classic. Yeah. Some people, what they'll do is they'll put a short position. Um, at some point during that process, they'll say, hey, look, I'm ahead. You know, I, my, my $100,000 became a million dollars, but I'm doing pretty well. But I'm going to hedge by buying a short position. Uh, so near close to that 
10x, they might say, I'm going to spend $100,000 and I'm going to put a 5x short position here. So that way, if the price goes down, I don't lose all my gains. I'll actually end up gaining it back by hedging this position with a short position. So even people with like very heavy positions and things sometimes will do these kind of like hedging maneuvers. Mm. And that's why, uh, to some extent, like these uh, systems exist, right? It allows you to, uh, you know, sort of like uh, make a counter bet um, such that uh, if the price were to go down, it's almost like insurance in a sense. Yeah. Uh, so there's all these different reasons why people use these uh, investment vehicles. And uh, uh, it, it helps to understand what they are, not because you have to do them, but because you know other people are doing them. And yeah. you have an understanding of like the extreme volatility that could represent, right? So yeah. when people are doing this, you can get massive pumps upward and massive pumps downward. And that's just normal. It's just what happens, yeah. right? Yeah, because the, the, the mentality there, the, what's, um, what I don't get probably is, for example, um, when the Luna Classic was down and I bought on that time like uh, around 10 million and then I staked them all. But, for example, if I was just trading for that, it was, was going up and if I sold them, and I don't have chance to buy in the same price again because the Luna Classic when go up, it doesn't come back to where it was before. So I was thinking. Yeah, that's always if the, I, that's always yeah, the gamble, right? That yeah. you, you never know what uh, when it's going to turn around and how low it'll go, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So at it's some just, point, when the so there's a, there's a certain pool of people they're watching that certain coin. They all have a certain amount of money they can spend, right? And mm -hmm. once everybody that knows about it, or most people that know about it, has spent their money, then there's nowhere else for it to go, right? It has to um, either stay right there or it has to start to fall, right? Um, how many of you know a cryptocurrency where the price goes up and then it goes sideways from then on afterwards? Like, <laughs> like for example, um, how many coins do you know that go from, like, let's say, a dollar to $10? But then from 10, it just floats at like 9 to 11, 9 to 11, like that. Like it just goes sideways, like forever. Mm -hmm. And then it goes up again. It's just not that common, right? Like usually what happens is you have a massive move upwards. You've got mm -hmm. to have like around an 85 to 90% retracement. Yeah. Uh, basically, um, people have to be comfortable that, that at the bottom that they're not going to be dumped on. And if you have that major retracement, people are willing to hold, right? They're not willing, they're not interested in selling that quickly because they have a feeling that, hey, I can get like a 2x to a 10x increase in value. I'm like, why should I sell it now, right? And once you get to the way bottom, people feel like, okay, the risk of much, much lower is really seriously uh, reduced. So they tend to put more money at larger size at those bottoms too, right? So um, this is the reason why you finally eventually get a bottom and things start to go up again. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you don't have to. Besides which, think about it this way. Um, there's also this kind of like this concept of don't chase. So, for example, if you say, oh, you know, maybe it's just going to keep going up, up and up and I'm going to have to buy it higher. Right. Well, then you miss it. You miss it. No big deal. Yeah. You can always buy something else. Right. Like there's no reason to assume that you have to get any one thing. Right. Like there's opportunity everywhere. So not wasting your money on the way up if something's already gone up too much or whatever is something to consider, right? Even if there's a possibility that it does go up more, right? You might miss it. That's fine. 
um, you can find something else. It's like completely at the bottom and kind of work your way up, right? Normally, Safi, I'm a forex trader. You know, I do forex trading. Okay. And, um, yeah, and I only invest in Luna. I don't know why, but o- o- only coin that I have is Luna, and all been staked on long term. And that's it. I normally, for example, um, I don't. That's, it is a bit weird, though, don't you think? Like, wh- why do you only do that? Like, I asking. don't know because I see lots of people lost money, and I see the community become together. And then I said, fuck that. I never buy any coins before. Never, ever. First time I opened a Binance account. And then all my workplace, and I told everybody to buy Luna Classic. And everyone got Luna Classic. Some of them got 5 million. Some of them got 3 million. Some of them keep buying. <laughs> Even I told my cousin <laughs> in Turkey, <laughs> he's got the like old. The people in Turkey are all buying Luna Classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is mm. one group. There is one group, they really buy a lot, a lot. You know, like, uh, honestly, it's like, uh, I can't, for example, I seen an account when the Luna was, the Luna Classic was down, and I seen an account that they were sharing on the groups, um, $50,000 he already buy, and then he they have another $50,000 to waiting for more down, to, then they're going to buy again, and this is only a one account. And they are like this, maybe about 80, 90 people in one group. <laughs> well, no wonder the price went up. They were, yes, and <laughs> now they're saying in the uh, group, uh, they was talking about, they say that um, uh, we're all going to go back to normal Luna because they're saying that uh, they're thinking that normal Luna, like Luna VO2 or something, that's going to go up to the $100. That's what they believe in. And they say that uh, Luna Classic, whatever they have, they're still going to hold that. But uh, they're thinking more about, I think, they, they're thinking that uh, Luna going to get pumped. Yeah, they're well, thinking, I, yeah. well, first off, I think to pump uh, origi- like Luna 2 to $100 is not particularly very easy. Like, yeah. I was there for the first round of that, and um, it's not easy to get that much money to flow into this. Um, I think uh, you could easily see things like, I don't know, 10 to 20 bucks pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm not guaranteeing that, but, like, it's feasible. But I don't think uh, 100 is likely anytime soon. And I'm actually on the, like, the mm-hmm. council that distributes the uh, emergency funds to all the developers, you know, after the terror crash. So we have a community fund on Terra V2. And like, I was like thrown on the council myself and Karma and a bunch of people have to do a bunch of volunteer work, basically not get paid anything to pay developers, uh, this community fund money. So I have a pretty good eye for like what's happening, uh, what projects are like executing. In fact, like it's our job not to give money to those projects that are not building properly. So, um, you know, I have a pretty good feeling for what's coming. Um, there are a fair number of projects that are, um, going to have decentralized applications running. Um, is it going to be like as clear of a narrative as like the UST Luna situation? No. Um, but at the same time, there's nothing preventing it from being, I don't know, just as successful as maybe a Juno or something like that. So, yeah, the uh, Luna uh, Terra 2 can certainly do um, all sorts of things. It just depends on who decides to come to build, who, what kind of amazing things get built there, 
and I don't have the ability to predict the future, so I have no idea like who's going to show up to build what, right? Uh, so future projects could um, arrive, and I don't even know of the projects that are actually building now, how many of them are going to execute properly, right, to create great things. Like, I know Andromeda Protocol has always looked very interesting for Terra, and um, they're still kind of communicating with us, but I haven't seen a, like actual finished project yet. Um, there are some NFT projects and things that are being released. There are some protocols that were on Terra version 1. We're also um, re-releasing on Terra 2. Um, so there's some of those things. When this Luna 2 start uh, pumping, do you think is it going to affect the Luna Classic? Um, if one of the other, yeah, it's possible. Um, because uh, a lot of times there's a lot of brand confusion between the two. Um, I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not actually a fan of this like naming thing. Like, I yeah. think what should have happened is, is that they should have just kept the original Luna chain and called it Luna. And then they just named whatever new chain, like some other shit. Like it just became super confusing. This Luna classic yeah. Luna thing yeah. is kind of, yeah. I don't like it anyway. Um, yeah. either way, like it was kind of a rush. They were kind of like really busy. And I think they just sort of like, okay, let's call it Lunk. And then next thing you know, there it was, it's fine. But, um, it does create some confusion so that like some people that I think go out and buy, they think they're getting classic, but they get Luna. Other people think they're getting Luna, but maybe they get classic, something like that. Right. Yeah. That makes so, definitely confusion. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you'll see like if one of them pumps, the other one probably will too, just because of the confusion, just because like, well, number one, it's the same wallet. Right. So the thing is like, if you're already familiar with one, right. And you're like, huh, Luna classic went up. Maybe I'll buy some Luna. Maybe it will go up. So like, this is the kind <laughs> of way people think. Right. So of course, you know, the, you know, right after Luna classic put, jumped, Luna jumped next because it's such an easy thing to play on the system when you already know it, you know, that particular system. Right. Yeah. So I think they'll tend to go up together um, in that sense that I think there'll be some uh, like uh, cross uh, pollination or whatever you want to call it. Like it's, it's just bound to happen. But anyway, uh, Eric, uh, I think, had a question yeah. or comment or something. What's up, Eric? Are you there? Hey, I just wanted to say um, great conversation. I love listening to you. You really did a great breakdown. I'm a futures trader, and I live on Luna Classic. I've been doing it for about a month now. And uh, everything you said was dialed right in. I just wanted to say that. Like, What have you been doing personally? I'm a futures trader. I I get bored buying uh, crypto uh, on the regular spot trading platforms. Um, I like to make it interesting. I like to make the challenge and really set a pattern. If you really study, and I'm talking about Luna Classic because I've done the Shiba Inu, I've done all the other ones, but Luna, you know, because of the supply level, 6.5, that's really interesting. So I got on that bandwagon early, but I love the futures because you can study patterns. And the one thing that people don't talk about enough, and I, you know, for new investors, they shy away from futures because it's dangerous. You can lose your money within seconds if you're not prepared, right? But I always tell people, my friends, that you can definitely pick up patterns. Crypto never ends. It's 24 hours a day. But crypto now, it's tied in 
as influencers from the stock exchanges. Uh, India comes on at night, uh, six o'clock my time, China, Singapore. It, you can mark it on the calendar. You will see um, fluctuations specifically at certain times of the day. And in the evening, I got my, um, I use cryptoalerting.com. So I get phone calls whenever I see a 2% level uh, uh, change within a minute, 60 seconds, I get a phone call. If you you like playing on kind of like that really short term. Oh, I love it. It's fun, (laughs) but you will lose money to learn a little bit. And, um, but I really enjoyed listening to you. You, you really dialed in great. And, um, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I have, I I certainly have moved more to like, uh, personally to more like, uh, a minimum of either, either daily charts or like three day or weekly even. Cause like, um, like the crypto sort of like mentality, the behavior of people on a, on a multi-year level is actually much easier to predict. I think than right. the extreme short-term level where it's, there's you're you're subject to a lot more random fluctuation. Yeah. Um, especially the smaller the market cap, of course, right. You can have like someone just decides to place a market order and just buy something. And next thing you know, like something pops and it, it doesn't necessarily follow like some kind of like definitive chart pattern. Right. It's so, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I you like know, the longer term, um, for this reason, it's like, uh, or like, you know, a lot of times what, uh, like and Bruce isn't here right now, but like we, we like to do is just like start a grid bot or whatever, um, you know, pick a range and just sort of like, um, you know, extract the value from the volatility as opposed to trying to predict anything, you know, and that, that can be pretty effective as well. I have to say one thing that really bugs me and I, I am, also, you know, I, I, I messed up because I got on the bandwagon with all the YouTubers. And the one thing that I've been trying to send messages to all of these YouTubers talking about Luna Classic is that you're not warning people that on the same, you're, you're pumping the 20th. And I think that is so wrong. I think that is the <laughs> biggest mistake. You know why? Because you have other events going on between the 20, that week is going to be a short, it's going to be nothing but shorts. I mean, everybody's going to short it. They're going to make a ton of money because at 530 in the morning on East Coast, you know, Powell's going to announce, I believe it's on the 20th. The Fed, we're probably going to get a full percentage, I'm guessing, or pretty close to it. All of a sudden, the market's going to dump. On the twentieth in the morning, it's going to go red. Everybody's going to settle. An interesting thing is like the speculative stuff, like the stuff that's not uh, like, for example, in a classic. Um, there are not a lot of uh, sort of like algorithmic platforms tied to like BTC and ETH for Luna Classic, so it's right. correlations are right. much much less. But the problem is, is the YouTube. You got millions of people that are so, I know it's not, they say it's not financial advice, but it is. Everybody is right now, you see it on Twitter, everybody is pumped that they think they're going to be millionaires on the 20th or they're going to make (laughs) 20% return on the 20th. You know what's going to happen? The market's going to dump in the morning. It's going to react big because it's going to be a big Fed hike and that's going to influence the crypto market. Then you got the amateur buyers that are going to panic. They're going to start selling. And, yeah, then the, and then the whales come in and they start shorting. I predict, and I'm not, I, I, I believe we're going to get to a dollar fast, but I predict the biggest mistake from the 20th to the 23rd, we're going to have 
nothing but red. And then on the Saturday morning, the weekend buyers come in, Luna Classic will start retaining. I think we're going to dump. I really do. I think these YouTubers ruin it. They, they give us a perception that the 20th, we're going to burn away to a dollar. And I hate it. I, I just want yeah, to share that. It's all, your kind of like this, it's all kind of like this uh, narrative driven show, right? It's like a, so, you know, like on the one hand, it's interesting because like people will like sort of lambast the meme coiners or the meme coin, like, like shillers or whatever. But on the other hand, they want those people to do that because they want the price to go up. So it's like, it's like this double-edged sword where like, they're the people that are worried that, oh, we're going to, you know, there's going to be people that are going to buy at the top. And then there's other people that, uh, you know, but the funny thing is like when you actually um, are mentioning these things, the very, very bottom, like when Bruce or like myself, like post some chart, like literally at the very bottom, we make some comments, right? If you go back yeah. on my timeline, I think I, I think I posted something at the, like the, the absolute bottom of Luna Classic, like when it was just like nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody cares about things at that point, right? That's right. Only a, only a few people are willing to, to throw in at that point and take a risk. Yeah. So the reality is like at when you are talking about things and to, you know, even can, asking people to consider it maybe or just look at it, they don't care because it's not going up. That's so right. there's a phenomenon that like this is just like most people will become will be irrational traders. I don't think uh, neither you or I like creating some sort of freaking education campaign or some shits can actually work. That's like, right. You're talking about millions and millions of people like all over the world just sort of just buying shit just and telling their friends and everything. So it's there's okay. not like um, this like. Uh, when it comes to these speculative markets, like this call to rationality is not particularly all that productive at all. And in, in the grand scheme of things, it's just like, like it's more beneficial to learn how to use the volatility than it is to actually um, try to like train everybody to, you know, whatever their, um, you know, like, yeah. what, like it, whatever their um, like uh, quote unquote trading errors might or might not be. It's almost pointless to to try to convince everybody of anything. Well, I really, like, I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to you. Um, I look forward to um, a lot of volatility in the next uh, 48 hours. Yeah. And it's going to dump and then it's going to come back up. But I'm waiting for the next level to get back in. And uh, I usually wake up around two o'clock in the morning to three. That's where it's usually at the low point. Sometimes it's really gone up. It's, it's There's no pattern. Of course, but you can pick up behaviors, and I, I, I really challenge myself on that. And uh, I hope everybody gets in and holds, and I hope nobody sells. <laughs> I hope everybody just holds it on the twentieth to the twenty-third, and just <laughs> turn your computers off. And uh, but I don't know. Uh, Anyhow, I don't know what people are going to do. Yeah, I, I think uh, they're like. I, I'm looking at kind of like generally the the stories that are going to drive the price of things going in through like about January or so. Um, yeah. I think uh, any kind of like negative market news um, is going to have a tendency to, like you said, push uh, maybe stock markets even lower, arguably like price to earnings ratios on companies are still a bit too high in all in the grand scheme of things. A lot of like uh, common stocks, like I don't know, Google and this and that are like at pretty much at like historic supports. So yes. if the market takes a serious dump, right? Like like Bitcoin's going to dump with it pretty much for sure. Um, yeah. And then you've got like this worry that then you have like essentially like $10,000 Bitcoin again, which is a shame, but like essentially it's the mining price. So that's really what it's worth sort of. Right. And then like if you take out the speculative multiple, right? 
And then, then you're going to basically have like a significant portion of the crypto market, you know, going to the doldrums. The ones that I think are going to be able to beat that is something with a credible narrative that's superior and where the rest of the market just is relevant. So I think there are a few things like that, but um, they're few and far between, I would say. Well, thanks a lot for all the info. I really enjoyed it. And um, I wish you everybody, a good, I, I hope everybody gets rich. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Try to make it out there, whatever that means. <laughs> Yeah, any other like uh, questions or anything? Uh, people have any ideas or whatever? Or if people have some trading ideas that they can share or some alpha or something, it'd be fine. Um, but yeah, Jaehoon, you, you kind of follow what we're talking about here? Yeah, so we say again. Yeah, it's like, you know, understanding the mindset of people and like why they do what they yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, all the different possible angles is important. I mean, if I had that much money, like how that guy was shorting, I mean, I just buy it and fucking sit on it. You know, it's that much money. I mean, instead of the risking from there to sell it, because I, I, you know, I do first trading as well. Yes, I understand where he's coming from, but I don't think these things works in. Because what he done is he just maybe trying to make twenty five percent. Well, if, if he's got that much money, he's going to buy and hold something. He's probably going to wind up, you know, you'd probably buy something like, um, you'd probably buy either Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, yeah. something like Atom, whatever. Something with a sufficient enough market cap where the slippage is not too bad. The problem with very, very large um, purchases is that um, finding a place to put in orders that large um, and the, where it doesn't actually cause a tremendous price slippage is uh, difficult, right? So, um, yeah, there's a reason why people like play some games on some low, like, you know, leverage with some stop losses and sort of play games when they think they have a pretty good likelihood of, um, you know, significant downside to short. Um, and a lot of the people that short the market are wrong, by the way, and like on the way yeah, up, they yeah. get burned on the way up too. So it's not yeah. like everybody that shorts the market's getting rich, right? That's a risk that you take. Yeah. yeah that's, that's just definitely. what it is. Yeah, so lo both long and short positions are risky, but like the reason why people take leverage long and leverage short positions is they don't have to put a lot of capital in, right? Yeah. So if you use $10 and do a 5x position um, and it goes up, then you would make similar money to if you put $50 in and did a, you know. Yeah, um, Yeah, because my Forex is like this. Yeah, yeah. we got leverage, yeah. Well, Forex, you use leverage because the, the, the price movements are so small, right, daily? Yeah. So it's like without the leverage, you're not even doing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you need you need the leverage, and we, I mean the, our tactics are like what well, I, I, I'm still taking the course anyway. I'm at this stage three. Uh, one more. Well, stage with forex, the simplest thing to do is like a leverage grid bot, right? Like you don't yeah. have to worry about anything. It just prints you money, basically. It's you know if you know what you're doing, it's fucking good money, honestly. Yeah, no, I mean, but a leverage grid bot where you just like play the volatility. Um, yeah. It goes up, it's selling. If it's going down, it's buying. And going yeah, up, it's and like you can over predict, and over again. Yeah, and you can predict and you can read it. You know, you can read the charts, honestly. And um, But the crypto is different. I don't know. I was just thinking crypto. Just, uh, just if I have money, maybe I buy Bitcoins and stuff. Like, if I will invest. But I don't know. I just love uh, Luna community, honestly. And then I met <laughs> you. I met Demon. I'm at um, coach and 
people like that, you know, and then just come in and have a talk. Or when I'm doing pizzas in the shop, I just put the earphones in and I just listen to you, <laughs> see what he's talking about. That's us, really. us screwing around. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I make everyone buy Luna, 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 Luna Classic. All, all stuff uh, in the shop, everyone got Luna. Everybody. Well, there's 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 a lot of fun things to be done in uh, different areas that I wouldn't necessarily like uh, hyper focus on one thing or whatever. Like yeah, you you get a bit good a better feeling for the things you like if you try different things. I think, which is cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Steph, it's nearly f- seven o'clock. Yeah, I'm gonna go sleep and thank you for the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good catching up, man. Yeah, and thanks, everybody. Have a good night. All right. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll drop since I don't think there's any other, like, big questions or anything. So we'll catch up next time, guys. No uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, have fun out there and, uh, like, don't you know, blow all your money on lunk. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. Take care. Yeah, make some pizzas and keep your day job. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right, guys. Catch you later. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part three of the three-part Chepi Space, Children of the Atom. Recorded on Saturday, September 17th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Line about a birthright. Get it off my chest a bit, typing out a word pie. Gonna eat shit straight to your safe place. Soup with a fly on a spoon in my database. Update the playlist, bumping these Zeta weights. Ain't no way I'm saving face, sitting with these shady mates. Got a whole dog ready for a head in it. Jumped out of plane, now he's feeling all bedridden. Looking magnificent, dressed like a hoarder. Rip on his tombstone, he couldn't take orders. The game is whack, knickknack, caddy shack. Go for the low hanging fruit like a paddy wagon. Trying to wash off the damage Just another night throwing javelins Focus on the craft, lifting up brain weights Repping that repetition like he's gotta represent Disconnected from the rest, even when he's feeling blessed The rest never comes soon enough Rumors bluff, ruin luck Bruised up from being the elusive one Mr. Do or Die, suiting up hungry Like a broke Iron Man, stunting for the country It's all lovely on the day, got the call It was time to ship out, done waiting on y'all Isolation on the pilot ship was a fucking cakewalk. He was made for the rush. When it's time to find a planet, who they gonna send? How the fuck you think you gonna handle the descent? About to fall asleep for 20 years. Are we there yet? Creeping where no one's ever crept.